Oh no, I was way late. <laughs> uh, we gotta just take the sound effect out so you can do it yeah, live every just, time. Just, <laughs> Thanks for your effort, Kurt. I'll uh, <laughs> screw you. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast, and it is I, Biker Mike from Mars, with our all-time favorite um, co-host. Devin Kickstand Braun. What do, mean, what do you mean favorite co-host? The only. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I've seen I've seen White out there. <laughs> uh, and we've got a guest. Uh, I don't know how to say your last name, so I'll just get you to say Kevin of the Kevin Unscripted Podcast. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. W- yeah. Warwich or what? Which <laughs> this is exciting. Actually, it's my first uh, podcast, or uh, I'm a guest on someone else's podcast. So. It's a weird feeling, right? It's super weird. Yeah. I know, like when I'm we just were on, when, when we were ride. on yours, I was like, I don't know what to do with the hands <laughs> or anything. Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different experience, isn't it? Has that was that the first time you were ever on somebody else's, Devin? Yeah, really. How about you? Is this the first time you've gone on somebody else's yeah. show? Oh yeah, no, this okay. is the very oh. first time. Pretty neat experience. Let me tell yeah. you. I felt the first time I went on somebody else's podcast with the Sean Newman show there. I felt like I had to just dump as much information as possible. <laughs> just like, and I listened back to him like, Mike, calm down, settle down, <laughs> chill. But that's only for the first half hour. After that, Way go I, got, I got into my, my, my groove and just hung out. And well, I watched that show. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was, a, good. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Even though the cameras stopped working and the, as soon as one camera failed, like apparently his camera failed and the first thing I do is flip the bird to the only camera working. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens. It glitches and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whiskey you guys made here. Yeah. Wow. That's another level. Yes. Yeah, the yeah, we, the we, maple syrup you put in here? Mm. That's, is that the... Should I not have said no, that? No, no, you go. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a secret sauce. Yeah, so Whoa. I made uh, I made old fashions, a little bit of orange bitters. Um, you express a orange rind, like oil kind of over it. Yeah. Rub the glass so that the the oil gets on so the smoke can stick. Yeah. And then you smoke it. Mm-hmm. Away you go. Mm-hmm. Away you go. It's the, definitely the way to do it. I'm going to be uh, stealing that technique a little bit for myself. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah. guys got to be, it's, you got to be careful because it makes whiskey extra smooth. No, it's dangerous. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Oh boy. There's uh, well, you feel a little bit of a burn. Oh yeah. But it's pretty mild and compared to what I was expecting. That's for sure. Oh it's yeah. It's smooth. It's, it's. Creeps up so on good. you, doesn't it? I would, I, I remember <laughs> 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 as I drink my. The alcohol, no, I don't know, whatever you call it, Prohibition Brew. Yeah, what's going on? You're it's, not drinking. I'm not drinking. I'm taking a month off, and this oh. is a Budweiser Zero, so it's Budweiser, so it already tastes <clears> like <throat> crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's, last time <clears throat> we recorded and I just had water, yeah. I was constantly pouring water. I'm like, I need something other than water because I'm just sure. going to sit there and How drink bad the did time. you have to pee at the end of the podcast? So bad. <laughs> That was when we had the, the Will and Dave show. And I was like, yeah, just drinking water the whole time. Really frustrated with life. <laughs> well, it's in, it's impressive what you guys have done with the studio here. I like it. The yeah. humidor. What was that there? The, uh, it's a, a, an alcohol dispenser uh, shaped like a, uh, a old timey gas station pump. <laughs> and we just filled it with cool. burp. I had rum in it, but um, rum hit me wrong. Like I, I could have a lot of whiskey and I'm fine. I have rum and it puts me under the table. I'm really? like, huh, that's stupid. I <laughs> that's think your it, weakness is the rum. I think it's the sugar. The yeah, sugar. I, th- uh, I think it's got a higher sugar content in it. And, so that makes with the alcohol can really mess a guy up. It does have yeah. higher sugar. Like if you don't, if you don't like the cap, yeah. the sugars will uh, solidify or make even the cap sticky and hard. Yeah. Whereas you don't get that with whiskey or anything else. Like not at all. The rum definitely has a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. Like we had um, burn. 
uh, Bernie on, and he gave us some rum there. He's mm. like, I got a rum, and so he came on. Is that oh the bamboo? The bamboo. Yeah, that's a that's a go to. It's a it's a great yeah. rum. Oh yeah, I had a glass of it, and I was surprised because like I'm so used to just drinking whiskey straight that when I had that, I felt like it was already a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> almost it's sweet enough to where it's almost like a liqueur. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it really is very dangerous. Also, but mm-hmm. if you get so the bottle you have is the clear one. Yeah, they've got three different versions. Oh really? Yeah, they've got the black one, which is mm. um, just like the original. The flavor and everything's pretty much the same, but it's a little bit torquier. Yeah. So it kind of keeps you in check a little bit, more of a mm. sipping whiskey. Or uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. And then they have um, a white bottle, and that's a liqueur, but mm. it's a nice liqueur. It's not something you put in your coffee. Yeah. My wife drinks it straight on rocks because she doesn't like whiskey, but she loves that stuff. It's like a cream, cream yeah. liqueur. I <laughs> I know this elderly lady whom I love, and I don't want to disparage her or make people think less of her uh, because some people who listen to this will know who I'm talking about. But this older lady, um, we were hanging out with her one time, and she's like, oh, I think I'll have some Jaeger. And we're like... Oh, that's that's strange. All right, have a shot. And then, no, she poured like half a wine glass full of Jaeger. Oh. Sat there, just sat there sipping, sipping it like wine. Jaeger, okay. like it was wine. crazy. <laughs> like I, Jaeger, yeah. So that's my week. I can't do Jaeger. <laughs> I, oh, just I, the thought of it. I got. I remember have, it from uh, my bumps over it. Now. I, I remember it from my juvenile stage of <clears throat> Jaeger bombs and just being stupid. That's that's what I remember with it. <laughs> like just. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how it's made it as popular as it is because it's the worst tasting alcohol I've ever had. It's, it is. it's for people who like to drink Buckley's. And they're like, oh, Buckley's isn't that bad. I'll drink Jaeger. I've never met anyone that said they didn't like Buck or they like Buckley's. I, I don't mind it. Really? Yeah, doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'll drink that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I said, it's not that I don't like Jaeger. It's that it just reminds me of my adolescent stage. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to avoid that. I don't were need you, to drink you, it. Were you a badass? No. No? No, just a retard. <laughs> <laughs> a badass, like, you know, they, they drink and then they fight and they do cool shit. I just drank a lot and said stupid things. Now I just drink regular and say stupid say things. Say stupid, yeah. <laughs> I know. Every now, you know, you'd think that would go away with age, but. Uh, yeah. You just do it slower. That's well, all it New is. Year's is our most recent. <laughs> you just, sometimes you're like, oh, son of a, why did I? have to go about saying that the way I said it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Are you like, talking like a resolution? Like, uh, like I regret that? Or? <laughs> no, it's like it happened and now I regret it. Not like a resolution. <laughs> oh, okay, more, gotcha. like a <laughs> more like I said things I shouldn't. Um, no, I, I went into New Year's Eve knowing that I was going to be taking January off of weed and off of alcohol. Mm. So I got, I got pretty high and a little drunk <laughs> that night. And I come home and I'm like, oh, fa- honey, I found the greatest window to leave ever and it was just like and I started talking about the window and she's like are you high and I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah people who aren't so high profound it's pretty obvious <laughs> you know what you know what's funny when we started the podcast you're like I don't think I'm ever gonna just try weed yeah no I was very nervous about it yeah yeah you were like nope I I know myself I know I have addictive personality and I just don't need to I just don't need to go down that road so I'm interested actually I've never asked you on this podcast what changed um discussions with you <clears throat> You say, uh, so I got you hooked, you, on, you the, got on, the hooked on the drugs. Uh, oh, you got me hooked on the drugs. It's all your fault. I uh, didn't even make any money off of it. <laughs> so you never smoked weed before the, the show? No, no. I, I avoided it for a long time because uh, I have an addictive personality. If you see, I got like the mile zero fight thing that happened, King of the Cage. Dan Severin was in, the, was in, Fort, in Dawson Creek. That was a cage fighting thing. I was in the cage that night. 
So I love, I learned jujitsu. It got me into cage fighting. It got yeah. me into that. Yeah. So that was like, oh, it's a little thing that turned into a big thing. I got on a motorcycle. I joined a three-piece club. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And I started recognizing, oh, I got into music a little bit. And I got into a metal band. I got into this a little bit. And I got further. And I'm like, oh, I don't do things halfway. And so I was really nervous and recognizing that, that I didn't want to get into weed because I was worried it would take a hold and that would, that would become who I am. And Three like, weeks later, you would be a meth head in Vancouver. Yeah, sucking dick for a... Gateway, uh, <laughs> gateway drug. Uh, I never really... I used to... See, I'm the opposite. I used to smoke mm-hmm. weed all the way up until my daughter was born and then, then I yeah. quit everything. I quit drinking, quit drinking cigarettes and weed the whole nine years. Yeah, I tried a cigarette And once. I never got back into it. Actually, my wife still smokes. And uh, every once in a blue moon, I'll just have a toke with her one or two times. Yeah. And it just wrecks me. Like, it's yep. not the same as how I remember it at all. Yeah. Like, that, that whole heart thing, beating and paranoia and, yeah. oh, yeah. My wife loves it, though, because the last time we went on a trip and I smoked with her, we're stopping at every little place and I was <laughs> oohing and on, and it was great, you know, and she loves that. <laughs> Normally, I'm this. point A to point B. Let's get there, right? Yeah. No, she's, yeah. You got to smoke more. You're so just kind of smelling the roses, so to speak. Yeah. You're a lot more chill. And and, and that's the thing. I'm like, it has become the point where I'm like, no, I'm good. I can have toke and I'll be fine. And I don't need to do it all the time. I don't need to uh, get caught up in it. So I'm very blessed to not have that control me in a lot of ways so i'm like so more drugs less addiction yes or more control (laughs) it was you you're like i think you're at the point that you won't do it like you won't go crazy and because i was upfront about my 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 fear of it well the recognition of the recognition is a first step to solving a problem yeah and so when i recognize that i had this i'm like okay now i can do something about it if i see it happening that way so yeah devin thank you for uh, all that unless everything goes horrible in which case in you. which case it's my fault <laughs> all right perfect <laughs> well cheers <laughs> i don't know if we should cheers or not. Uh, cheers that one <laughs> you're doing uh january then yeah the just january. january yeah um, uh, and i was gonna go i was like i'll just there. do i'll do the california sober where everything you know, like i quit drinking but i still smoke a lot no i <laughs> just I'm like, no, let's let's do it. And my buddy shows up with a bunch of gummies. He's like, wait, <laughs> gummies <you're> d- <laughs> are dangerous. <laughs> well, these ones are CBG, so they're they're fine. Uh, he he calls them CBG um, because of the giggles. That's why I guess. Oh. And and the stuff you buy at the store is like these little pearls. They're nothing, nothing at all. No, like the ones ate, at he, the stores are like I'm surprised they even make money off of that. He ate 25 that night. Yeah, they're like, not, they're two and a half. A like they're nothing. No, they're not. But I had a, uh, I had one of those uh, pre-gummies back in the day. Yeah. Uh, my, one from so, before government times. Yes. Somebody I know came and he's like, hey, you want this? And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I know what gummies do. And he ate half. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I'll have half. You'll, we'll do this together. Yeah. No. <laughs> The body stone hit him. Oh, no, it hit me hard. It hit me really bad. I'm like, I don't know if I'm breathing. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I was just outside and it was a little cold and I was just sitting there like tensed up and I'm like, am I breathing? I don't think I'm breathing. I'm like having this big conversation in my head. I'm like, I'm going to go inside. <laughs> so gummies and edibles for me was something I just recently got into. Mm. And I never <laughs> I never got into it before until... Uh, well, we were camping and, and I kind of shied away from it because I just didn't know what to expect. And yeah. my buddy had one of those packages that looked legit, mm-hmm. like you buy from a store. 
Yeah. And uh, so I tried a couple of his, they were those little gummy, or uh, what do you call them? Worms? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Gummy worms. Yeah, I tried, uh, I ate two of them. And by, you know, midnight or whatever, however late it was, I found that I had a hard time just moving, walking. <laughs> I had to focus on taking the first step. <laughs> That's so <laughs> And funny. then once I was walking and I was moving, yeah, I was okay. But it's, every time I stopped... <laughs> It would it would mess me up a little bit, and that of all nights happened to be when my boss was out camping, and he doesn't drink or anything either. And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man!" So I thought I'd kind of sneak away and try and get into the trailer, but going up the stairs, and then you got to lean back a little bit to let the screen door open, and then there's quite a bit of movement going on there. I really I never realized before it was an issue. So I struggled for a while, and uh, I ended up giving up. I just tur- I went around the back side of the trailer, and I just crashed for a little bit. That's so funny. Yeah, because I didn't want to be seen. <laughs> Couldn't get into the trailer. Oh, it was uh, something else. So I've I found out how much it was, and then we later we went to those um, stores, those legal stores now. Yeah. And I'm looking at how much they have, and like yeah, you said, yeah. they're like two and a half gram or whatever the measure units of measurement is. Yeah. And I'm like thirty bucks or twenty bucks for this whole package. Yeah. And I was taking like a hundred and twenty. <coughs> Of these grams, and I, <coughs> yeah, I didn't realize that it was so wildly high. Mm-hmm. So I asked Buddy, I'm like, "How did you get such a strong gummy?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I, he knew somebody, of course, that yeah. sells to the government, but he was able to make his own side batch." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. That you just be careful. Yeah, no, they're 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 dangerous. I, I had one experience with them, so I it was just had a night alone, so I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna try this." So popped one and waited, nothing, nothing happened. So I like, okay, popped a second. And then an hour later, I'm downstairs and I'm like, I really, really, really want a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> next the munchies. Th- oh yeah. The <laughs> next, the next thing you know, I'm like, you know how you make a grilled cheese sandwich where you like butter aside and you toast it and you know, you yeah. flip the other side, it's all melty in the middle. So I had one of those going on, except instead of cheese, it's peanut butter and little score Oh, bars. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I got this peanut butter jam and score sandwich that I'm, that I'm making on a stove. Oh, wow. Yeah. So go funny. To, go to sleep, and I sleep with headphones on. I like to listen to music as I drift off to sleep, and I'm sleeping, and then, like, my eyes closed, and what I'm feeling through that is, like, you know how uh, in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, like, when, when your screensaver came on on your... Yeah, on your uh, TV or your, your computer, computer screen yeah. while you're listening to music, like the sort of shapes would bounce around. That like, oh to the yeah, music. <laughs> so that's going on. There's like this like timed to the music, like a laser light show going on behind my eyelids. Like it was it was wow. quite the thing. Like, it was actually a fun time, but I haven't done it since. Yeah, yeah, the hallucinogen. How your body uh, metabolizes it is so different from what you think it's going to be. Because some guys are like, oh, I smoke weed, I'll have an edible, it's no problem. It's the same thing. No, not really. No. The way your body no. metabolizes it turns into something else, and it yeah. becomes a hallucinogen yeah. that really will mess with you if you're not ready for it. And yeah. I thought I was ready. I'm like, no, I wasn't ready. Or, but it was also tasted <laughs> like an old toolbox. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think and they they gotta always taste a little metallic. Yeah, of that like, stuff, mm, right. Mm. Well, what about microdosing? I like, uh, yeah. Are you in? Are, like, <laughs> did you hear about um, the? Uh, sailors not sailors the marines or whatever like these people that were on a ship uh the uss reagan were caught microdosing acid i did not hear that really yeah the reagan 
Ronald Reagan. Like it was named after the guy who yeah. said, just say no. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, I was like, hmm, the irony is too strong with this one. But yeah, there was a, and it was like a nuclear powered ship and all that. And it's like, and there was the engineers, like the people oh, wow. who were controlling everything got caught microdosing acid. And I'm like, that's awesome. Karma. <laughs> Karma. <is> just, <laughs> I don't know much about it, but I'm curious about it. I got friends and I'll ask them, but I do not know. I was having a conversation with a, with a good friend. Uh, wow, man, it was a while back now, but we were talking about mushrooms and he's like, I believe everybody needs to try mushrooms three times in their life. Yeah. It's <laughs> like three. Why, why That's three? a weird number, isn't it? It's <laughs> like, why three? He's like, well, you can have a, a good or a bad trip either the first or second time. And it may give you an unfair idea of what it's going to be like. So you need to do it like three to five times to know if it's really for you. Yeah. Mm. I was like, interesting. And he's like, anytime you want to do it, like, <laughs> just come over. Like, well, he's a huge proponent of yeah. the value of of, uh, of mushrooms. And he's actually given me, uh, like, telling me about uh, an experience he had where his time with mushrooms actually, like, fundamentally helped him do something good in life. Like that was, that was experience where he, um, managed to work through like a serious mental block was due to his experience. Like oh, absolutely. Microdoses yeah. of mushrooms. No, you know, that's just it though. And that's why I'm curious about the microdoses because we have all these stories of just a very, um, misused application of it all. Mm-hmm. And, and of course we're going to have all these, you know, gateway drug, you know, issues or, you know, obviously overindulging in one form or another, which is not healthy, but, but I mean, at the end of the day, a lot of this does come from a natural mm-hmm. source, organic source, and it's been around for so long that it's incorporated into religions and, you know, a whole slew of different per- uh, therapeutic uh, applications. That's the part I'm curious about, like microdosing, I think done properly with a sense of understanding and, and maybe trying to, you know, have somebody, you know, as, as a way to try and help you through mm-hmm. that beginning stages of it all, just like working out. You go to the gym and it's not healthy. Yeah. You don't just but, go but there the and start trying it. to lift maximum weight. Exactly. Like you're going to tear, tear muscles. And then just know what the limitations are and be respectful. And I think there's definitely some, um, some neat things that can come out of it if done properly. And and I think that's the healthy aspect, actually, I guess, is what a guy needs to focus on and just have a respect for. Yeah. But I'm curious about it. Like, well, there's got to be something to it. Well, first, I'm just going to point out the worst possible gateway drug that you have. That The worst gateway, right there. Alcohol, for Alcohol. sure. Alcohol. It's yeah. more, everyone's like, oh, it's weed. It's like, no. The only way that weed is considered a gateway drug is to people who that's their step one to breaking the law back in the day. But now that it's legalized, it's like, okay, what is, what is a gateway drug? It's alcohol. Lowers your pro, your inhibitions. You're like, oh, I'm more likely to try different things. I'm more likely to hit on girls that I should, not me, but you know how it's, you just, it gives you liquid courage or it just makes you do stupid things. And I know, I knew a cop back in the day. I don't know cops anymore, (laughs) but I knew a cop back in the day. And he's like, if there was no alcohol, like if it was just not a thing, I wouldn't have a job because he knows that a big part of his job stems from alcohol. Almost, almost all the disputes that he deals with on a daily basis, as far as call outs Mm -hmm. are due to alcohol abuse, not weed abuse or anything like that. Yeah. We, weed abuse. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I think go to work on time. That's abuse to the system. I think there's definitely uh, elements that um, 
I guess, exacerbate or make things worse one mm-hmm. more than others. Alcohol is one of them, but I don't think your I don't think your cop buddy would be out of a job. No, he was exaggerating. Yeah, well, to, to try make, to and give, it, I yeah. guess, you to, know, to the percentage point, of. But, yeah, but at the end of the day, if it's not that, it's something else. You've yeah. got you're going to replace it with something different. And and I and that's why I say like back in the day, it may have been considered one, and the only grounds they have is the fact that you're now willing to break one law, you're willing to break two. So now that weed is legal, and if you actually get the study and look at it, and you can be talked about, we can deal with these things. We can see how things are going. We can see how it affects people. Should young people smoke weed? No, it's bad for your brain up until the age of twenty five before it's fully developed. Don't touch it. You don't need to. The very fact that we have let, in America, they don't let people drink as late as they do, it's unbelievable. Oh well, there's there's got to be, so restricting it to the point of where you get the the, the extreme curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if it's a good analogy or not, but, you know, the, pre- the preacher's daughter, you know, aspect where, mm-hmm. you know, usually they're the worst because, you know, they, they're so sheltered from that. Oh, yeah. Um, that is kind of a real thing. I mean, the analogy, you know, take it for what it's worth, but mm-hmm. that that's right across the board. If you restrict people to a certain extent, when that time comes now where they're like, oh, freedom, I get to try this and yeah. they, they overindulge, you know, that's the, that's the other side of it all. I think there has to be, I think an approach and awareness to a lo- just about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, driving, I think for the most part is probably, you know, a really small element of that. Because now you're 16, mm-hmm. you got your freedom and your license. And yeah. We all know how, you know, we love racing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about the worst thing to do to a 16 year old yeah. boy is give him a freaking legal license. Right? <laughs> but, but I think, and that's, I think what they're trying to solve with the graduating mm-hmm. uh, license program. And I don't know if I, I like, you know, any application, but I like the theory of trying to say, okay, we're not going to go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. Say no all the way up until, oh, yeah, it's okay, but yeah. then now you're set up for failure, really, in a lot of ways. But but that's the government trying to step in and tell you, okay, this is the best way to do it. And I don't know if you know this, but the government's shit <laughs> at everything. They do, they haven't done anything good in years. Well, the government, the government is too big. Yeah. I think the government is good when it's small and the people are engaged. But well, when it gets too that's, big and, that's and exactly people disengage. Engaged. Yeah. When you're engaged, you can work with government. When you are disengaged to the point of <laughs> expecting the government to raise your kids and you're putting them in these school systems that don't know anything and you're you're putting off your responsibility as a parent on how to raise your kid. It's like, hey, man, I know you're going to do stupid shit when you get older, yeah. like kids especially. I got, I have a boy. I got girls. I am terrified to think that he's going to be anything like me when he turns 16, 17 years old and he gets his license. And I'm like, okay, because I was sheltered. I am a pastor's kid. Like, I, I, I know a little bit about that. And the worst I saw was homeschoolers. Yeah. That is, like, they were sheltered their whole life. Well, it's life. too bad because then they get that reputation of being odd and, you know, not social and all this other stuff. That yeah, but when they do go off the deep end, they yeah. go far. They go deep and just... That's yeah, exactly my point is that they... There's the other side of it all. That or they're scared. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know how to engage in a healthy way on a social level when mm-hmm. it comes to just general public interaction with people. Yeah. There's a little bit of um, uh, insecurity or lack of understanding. It's like yeah. it's that sense of awareness on just being able to walk comfortably in public. Yeah. People get that anxiety. Well, it's the socialization process that Absolutely. they miss out on. And that's why yeah. th- it has gotten better for a lot of people because we're so connected in so many ways. 
by social media, by just groups yeah, out there. Those are the that, wrong connections, though. Yeah, some, well, sometimes. It, in some it, ways. It's, it's a tool, right? In, in some ways, like social media connection, yeah, that breaks down real human stuff. But in other ways, like it actually brings like various people who say homeschool together yeah. in sort of a collective group of like, hey, we're all doing this. Let's go meet at a park. Let's go do a thing where we do... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, dodgeball. Yeah. You know, like we'll, we'll rent a gym or so like there's field, things, field there's, trips, yeah, like there's, that, that socialization. Yeah, there's that... things like that where social media has allowed groups of homeschool uh, parents to organize socialization times in a way that didn't exist when we were kids. Yeah, from... that's what I meant. Not so much the. <laughs> I uh, see. <laughs> not, no, not... And, and you're right. I mean, on that, on that level, for sure, because I think with your homeschooling, you're, you're taking away uh, a lot of the bad stuff that they're exposed to in school with, you know, op- just that kind of stuff. Obviously, oh, yeah. there's a there's um, a value of why you're going to make that effort to homeschool your kids. But then you got to make sure that it's still rounded in a lot of other ways that mm-hmm. they're lacking by going to public school. And, yeah. and, and the that predominant takes, that one takes is socializing. Yeah, and but that takes, having yeah. said that too, you know, you could be saving them uh, because not everybody that goes to uh, public school or or even private school for that matter. Oh yeah, do well. Yeah, you have bullying. You have people who are introverts. You have all those elements in every setting, regardless of whether or not it's public or private. You have people that are you know they're suicidal. They've I got, got mental depression. Both. I yeah. went to private school. I got beat up there too. I went to private and I went to <laughs> Christian school, and I'm. I, it was worse at a Christian school. Yeah, I've, in I've my heard experience. that. I've heard that too. <laughs> I, but I had uh, a mouth on me, and I'm sure you're a little bit like me. Where you're like, maybe I should have shut, shut up. If I shut up, maybe. No, actually, may, I, no? I'm the opposite as an adult than I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I had to learn. I was extreme introvert, and I still am. In my in my private life, I'm wildly introvert. Like to the point where my wife will be like, what the hell? How come Like we don't have these discussions in our private, like at yeah, home. My wife hates that. But then you get out in public and you're just a chatterbox. My wife and, hates that. And I'm that. like, well, I don't know what to say. It's a what's, interesting little. What's your size of circle? Like if you were going to go to out to an event and have great conversations, how many people before you're Small. like. Too many. Oh, uh, like 10. 10? I'm an eight. Eight is a, like, that's my number. You put me in a circle of eight. I'm comfortable. I'm happy. Nine, that's fine. Ten and up, I'm like, hmm, I'm on too many people. Well, I don't see the value in anything more than ten because you break down into smaller groups of ten anyway. Yeah. Or eight or, you know, yeah, whatever that it, number it, is. It usually kind of rounds down. Yeah. But so the, you get some people that like to navigate and, and run through there. But, like, when I went to the bars, um, you know, I was the guy that was a little bit more kind of, Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hold the fort down at the table yeah. and everybody else would kind of run around and be social and I would be, yeah. the, um, I, I think that's a skill that I learned as I got older and yeah. it's weird even just to kind of touch on the podcast end of things. Cause that was the exact opposite. Anyone who knows me, um, when I said I'm going to start a <clears throat> podcast was like, what? the hell that just blew them away. Mm-hmm. It was the, it was the most outlandish thing they ever thought I would do, but it's weird because everybody has this very interesting perception of who you are, mm-hmm. how people talk and interact with me at work mm-hmm. is wildly different than how they talk and act around me as a podcaster. And then even in my private life, like with my f- close friends and family, mm-hmm. just completely different. I feel I'm the same. I don't feel like I'm actually talking or acting really any different than I would from one to the other. Yeah. But the interaction and the conversation and how people kind of 
talk to you, you know, just on level of respect or intelligence, you know what I mean? Yeah. Wildly different. Yeah. Um, I have found, I don't know about you, Devin, but when you talk to people and you find out they're not into podcasts, they could not care less. If they find out that you have a podcast and they, they're into podcasts, they're like, oh, what is it about? Where can I find it? Like, what kind of yeah. stuff do you tell? And they really, they're really curious. But people who don't care, don't care at all. You could be like, oh, this is something I'm into. And like, you give the fuck. No. If <laughs> they like, find oh, out, I, I get the opposite. I see really? I, I have a podcast and they're standoffish. Really? Yeah. They're, they're, mm. they're, all of a sudden it's like real good. And then all of a sudden it's like this weird, real yeah. element. Um, and I don't know why that is hmm. really, but like, is my demeanor off or something? I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> like, here's, here's a good example. Um, well, how controversial do we want to get here? Like what kind oh, of, we could do, we, we, can, where do, we, we can do anything. We got to be careful. Okay. We, we, oh, we, mm. we've already taken our podcast off YouTube to avoid getting banned <sighs> oh, off YouTube. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I seen that you guys got kicked off YouTube. Almost, oh, we, or, we're two strikes in. Yeah, and uh, if we continue to release on there, we're going to Why? be canceled. What was the reason? Devin said the word vaccine. No, just kidding. <laughs> no, I didn't. was that the it? word? Yeah. No, was, literally. You I say s- the word. You say the word vaccine. Wow. Even if, even if you're like uh, the one, the f- second one that we got removed was I said I feel bad for people who felt like they had to get the vaccine in order to keep, keep their, their job. job. For sure. That got pulled. <laughs> and then the oh, next man. the next week I actually said that most vaccines are bullshit. The way that they've been tested is kind of not the vaccine that everyone wants to talk about. Yeah. yeah. But vaccines in general. Yeah. That oh, one gave us our second strike. And then after that I'm like, one more strike and we're done. Yeah. And and our last episode was with you know, Bern Buchert about going to Ottawa because of vaccines. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like when that hits, like that's it's gotta De- be it, really. Not really. That will You'd that be, will be, but we No, we, I don't think so. No. I no. Not, well he But we're I, fighting an algorithm, that's the thing. We're not Yeah, but he's on my yeah. YouTube channel. I've had, I've had, cause I've been knocked twice too. And I got one more strike before they, they pull mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. We just pulled off YouTube. We don't get any, we don't get enough views there anyways. So uh, to, I, until we get video, but until we get video that it matters, I'm like, we're just going to pull off YouTube. We'll have, we have the channel. We're just not going to add to it until we start getting decent videos set yeah. up and all that. Censorship is a, is a, man, it's a real deal. You know that? And people, yeah. I don't think, I didn't realize it was as serious it is, as it is until I got into this and I started seeing, you know, some of the, well, I went, I was in Ottawa with, with Byrne also, and that's where yeah. I really seen it because yeah. I got affected, uh, in a way where I was like, I did a release, uh, with a few people when I was there and yeah. one guy was a doctor, the other, Bob Zimmer was another one and I, po- I posted it and, and everything crashed for 24 hours, like as far as the, the YouTube and no, I wasn't on YouTube, sorry. It was only audio up until recently, but anyways, all of those sites crashed, but then that's when they hit my bank account. Oh, really? They went after your bank account? Yeah. I was down for a little over a week until I was on my way back. I was in Regina. Yeah. And then my wife called and said, Hey, guess what? We, we can, we can pay bills. And then I got back and I talked to, I did this, uh, episode with, um, an accountant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, that's, I've never heard of anyone having a <laughs> bank account. It's all whatever, um, conspiracy and misinformation, Did, all this. And I said, well, you're looking at a guy who had an account frozen yeah. for over a week. Yeah. It's, Did, it was did you, did you give to the convoy via your bank account? I, I did before, uh, the convoy got to Ottawa. 
but then after that, like I was in Ottawa and it was no issue. Uh, the trigger wasn't the fact I gave uh, money. The issue was uh, the fact that I had posted uh, two episodes and they both landed at the same time as far as a strike and then a, and then a, a, an account freeze for 24 hours. And then, but my bank account was, was the one that froze at the exact same time. Well, no, I should say, I didn't know if it was at the exact same time. We're assuming it was because the next day my wife said that, that our bank account was frozen. So I'm just assuming okay. that that I'm, was the I'm same just wondering because like part of the Emergencies Act is they actually went after people who had donated to the cause. This was before the Emergencies oh, Act. Oh, it was, was before. Yeah, it was like really? a week. Really? Yeah, it was frozen for over a week. That's interesting. Yeah. I had never heard of that mm-hmm. at all of an account. Like I was in Ottawa. Everything yeah. was good. Um, I was with Burn and Andy and all yeah. those guys and, and nothing was happening at all. It was like, I don't know how in depth you want to go with that, but at the end of the day, anybody who thinks that there was any th- thread of animosity or hatred, um, it's a shame because yeah. I can tell you first time, and I did recordings. I wish I knew how to do live back then. I didn't know that. I was still learning. I was podcasting, yeah. but I was just... <laughs> I'm just an idiot when it comes to technology. But anyways, I was, so I was recording. Yeah. And I was, I was posting it to Facebook. Mm -hmm. But, and going back to the whole podcast thing, that's where I was the gray sheet Mm -hmm. because I was posting it, but I did not, I was so new at podcasting that I didn't want it to look opportunistic or self-serving to go there. Yeah. And so I posted everything on my, on my private Facebook page and I left it off of my unscripted Facebook page just because I didn't want it to look like I was capitalizing. Yeah. So, but I was, rec- so my, it was cold. Like they're 15 below there. It's different. You remember that year? It was 40 below. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it was. Like I, yeah, I remember I was, when you guys were there, it was a cold snap. It was cold. The whole time you were there was cold. Oh, it was brutal. It's, it's a different, it's a different kind of cold. Everyone's the like, oh, humidity. there's a humid cold. I, no used to, I used to live across the river there back in the day. Yeah, so I used to live in Getno. So your phone, my phone would last like 10 minutes and it would, yeah. it would go from a hundred percent. So I got this, uh like battery pack and I had a cable and mm-hmm. I was doing all these recordings and then I would upload them and I'd do no more than two minutes. And that's how I was doing my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody was eyeballing me a little bit and very standoffish because I was the podcast dude. What's he about? Yeah. Like, what's he really, is he, they Wait, don't who, know. Whose side is he on? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then, and then I'm posting all this stuff and I'm getting it the opposite from everyone else. They're like, what a freaking yeah. terrorist you know, yeah, yeah. all this other stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is a weird place to be. So, yeah, so you, know. you found yourself in a place where you didn't belong with the average, or sorry, with like sort of the average liberal Canadian and also people at yeah. the at the, the event itself were like, we don't know if we trust you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I went there after doing a uh, episode with a guy by um, the n- name of Trent. He's solid, solid guy. And, and we did a, a recording and... Um, I was thinking about going on uh, at the very beginning, but I couldn't afford it because I was, I, personal choice was I'd rather, I, for me, there was a line in the sand and I wasn't, I didn't get vaccinated. And a result mm-hmm. of that was I lost my job over yeah. it. And I couldn't find a job after that. So I was broke yeah. by the time this thing fired up. Mm-hmm. So I didn't go with the original, uh, like with Burn at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, I had gone to a couple of those meetings, but. I didn't go because I was like, man, like uh, my statement stands and just not 
just trying to actually f- find a job. Yeah. But then after a couple of days, I was like, yeah, that, you know, to hell with yeah. it. So I sold some stuff and I, I ended up going and I caught up to him and I went, I did a recording with uh, Actions for Canada guy out of Fort St. John here. And we were done that recording and I looked at him and I'm like, man, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Cause I can't, <laughs> I cannot not go like this is, uh, this just this, I can't do it. And, uh, so he looked at me and he was like, well, let's go tomorrow then. I said, let's giddy up. So I, I have a top kick and yeah, we, uh, we just drove 24 hours to catch up. To, well, 24 hours a day to catch up to the, the convoy. Yeah. And we got there the day after they showed up. Yeah. I think, or two days. I can't remember the timing of it all. It's a blur. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we were there for, for that length of time because I was just like everybody else though, you mm-hmm. know, didn't know what to do. Yeah. I, I was like, am I an idiot? Or well, just yeah. the, the weird thing, the things that were happening did not make sense. They're like, follow the science. And I'm like, well, how come, how come scientists the science add up? are getting freaking booted for not agreeing? Like, yeah. you know, and uh, so we can go all down the, the, the that <coughs> part about the wildness about it. But it wasn't that that even shocked me, even though that was shocking enough on its own. It was the fact that it just was able to go to the extent it did Mm -hmm. and humanity reacted in whole globally the way they did and let it get as far as it was it did Uh, that's where i was like oh we're in real trouble you know um why is it four months is the difference between a conspiracy theory and and reality back then (laughs) right the the wef was conspiracy theory and everything else and now it's pretty common knowledge right yeah Mm -hmm. (sighs) It's terrifying. Uh, yeah, the difference between conspiracy theory and reality is four months, is the old saying, because you're like, oh, it, it, if you would stop giving these people, conspiracy theorists, ammunition, they, they would stop coming up with conspiracy. Like, it, was, it would stop if you wouldn't keep proving them right, because <laughs> that's the problem, is these guys, they're right. Yeah. There is something going on that they're like, I wish I could explain this, and then being told, oh, just follow the science. It's like, I am, and it's not adding up to me. No. And and it's it's frustrating because broad terminology as a response is not an answer. Yeah. And I feel that the way people are able to get away with the way they they do it, and this is right across the board. This isn't just a thing. Is that my phone? Yeah, let's give it really? a little fuzz. Crazy. Oh. These Sorry things are super that. sensitive. No, it's all good. Here. Anyways, um, Look, at the foundation, absolutely everything yeah. is truth. Yep. I think everything is built off truth. There's That's the hook. That's the element of any form of legitimacy. And, and, then, and that's right across the board. I mean, that's on the playing field on everything in humanity is built off of some form of truth. It's just everything that's piled onto it is how genuine is it and who ends up taking control over it after a period of time. Mm-hmm. Is it a narrative? Is it some form of self-serving? Like, is there an, what is the element? Like lies all have truth, right? Everything has yeah. truth yeah. in it. Now, yeah, the, the most believable lie is a one that is 75% truth and yeah. then 25% lie because you're like, oh, okay, I agree with what you're saying. You know, cool. But the nefarious part slips in with that and that slowly puts you off course. The 10% or like what you said, the 25% is the part that puts you in a sense of direction that is misleading and mm-hmm. and harmful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was this idea that Nietzsche put out was, uh, you don't need to defend the truth. The, tr- the truth will defend itself in time. 
And I'm like, nope, I disagree mm-hmm. with Nietzsche. Screw I disagree you. with that too. Because I, <laughs> I like the idea of it's like, oh, it'll, like, it'll all work out in time. Oh, just give it time. Truth will, truth will come to light. And it's like, yes, but you need to stand for it. It's like, no, you don't need to. And I'm like listening to this book, waiting for the yes, but. And there was none of it. It was very much of truth will stand on its own. You don't need to do it. Just sit on the sideline. I'm no. Like, nope. That's, that's, I, I, I used to believe that, though. That's the thing is I, I, I couldn't have actually agreed with that statement more in the past. Yeah. But the fact of the matter and the reality, I feel, is that I'm looking from things, a perspective a lot older. Mm-hmm. And I remember being a kid watching G.I. Joe. Yeah. Transformers and everything else and all the movies, the good guys always win mm-hmm. no matter what. That's the baseline. Yeah. yeah. The reality of things is that's not true. And I think that's why a sense of moral compass and personal accountability is so important because that's going to allow you to act with the assumption that nothing's going to change for the better because of it. But it's just from your own personal standpoint and you're willing to put that line in the gra- in the sand because if you don't, then where is that for yourself? Like mm-hmm. you're talking about maybe addictive personalities and stuff. Well, look, all of everything needs to have a line. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that hard line, even though it doesn't look like it's a big thing to, to push it, yeah, that is definitive unless it's got an evaluation to say, okay, under yeah. extreme... Yeah. Caution, we're pushing it. <laughs> yeah, we're right. going to find out how real this line really is. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and you have to hold it. You know, yeah. like you and yeah. I, you and I made a major life decision about two years ago. Yeah. Based on a line in the sand that we drew, we drew for ourselves. Be like, this is the point where it's not worth it anymore to continue on this path. And then once it transgressed that line, yeah, it's like we were forced with a decision where. Are we going to move that line? Are are we going to move the line for the sake of getting along to get along, make everything happy and copacetic, or are we going to hold it and deal with the consequences? Yeah. And, you know, like we had to hold it and deal with the consequences and that sucked and it changed our life. Yeah. (laughs) You know, irrevocably. It's not easy. It's not easy. Oh, hardest decision we ever made. Well, I don't know about you, but hardest decision I ever made. It is. Marriage, easy. Kids, easy. Yeah, that, like that. saying <laughs> saying goodbye to scores of brothers. Yeah, that like was hard. Yeah, step that, away. That's the part of human. That's what I'm talking about, though, is the way that it was able to break families apart. Oh yeah, talk about the most sinister. I think outlook on things is when you sacrifice <clears throat> that element, which is the fabric of I think not just the family, but a nation and a culture yeah. is, is yeah. that ability to be able to have common ground and break bread or yeah. have, you know, enjoy holidays together, or communicate with your children. We have enough, well, enough, enough things eroding that right now. Well, yeah. look at the thing. And, and that's the thing about Nietzsche is like, I know why he said what he said, because he's a nihilist. Yeah. A nihilist. Like fundamentally, he believes that, you know, like there is no hope. Yeah. So, you know, just sit back and let, yeah. Let shit settle the way it's going to settle, and that's the way it is, and uh, we can't do anything other than that. Yeah. If that's the mentality you have of there's no purpose and no hope, then what else are you to do other than to be like, whatever, sit back and watch the show. That's, and- that's, yeah. that's how depression sets in, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, that's how people start to uh, degrade down into very unhealthy mindsets, and that's where the mental mental health aspect, I guess, becomes a little bit more of a legitimate uh, yeah. concern in one form mm-hmm. or another. Have you, I did an episode with Michelle Wharton. You know who that is? 
she she had um, she had to get brain surgery on because her. Oh yes, black. I listened to that one. Did, did you? Oh, did you hear what she had to say about moral injury? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember. Wow. <laughs> there are certain things that grind me, like moral injury. The the first when you first hear that, you're like, ah, it's, it sounds yeah, it's like a wo- it sounds like a woke like, term. It does. It's like, it's ah, like just shut up, please. <laughs> yeah, you hear, but it, you're it's like, like red flags going off yeah. like crazy. You're like, I don't like this. I don't know where it's going yet, but I know yeah, I don't like exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> but that one actually, I, 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 I had that knee jerk reaction when she said that, and I'm like, ah, no. Now we're going to go down this hole. Yeah. <laughs> but it was true. Like, so I guess the outline, I guess if you listen to the episode, I don't know if I'm going to capture proper, but the the gist of it, I guess, is that line that we're just talking about. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I think, has a little bit of an image in their head of Braveheart, right? When yeah. things get tough, I'm going to be <laughs> that guy and how weak is everyone else? I'm going to be whatever. Yeah. But we went through something where people got up to that line and they felt... Like they were compromising in one form or another, mm-hmm. but the conscience was being held at bay because you had legitimate reasons. Yeah. I can't afford it. I need my job. Typically yeah. I want to travel because of family, whatever, blah, you know, on, 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 even though you felt yeah. indifferent. You, then, you hit the point where you were defeated yeah, by the foe. You, yeah. f- you're, you're weighing the options. They weren't a bad decision. At the end of the no. day, you cannot erode or attack that. It is genuine. Yeah. The and part you, of this and element. And there was a trust in in- institution too. There was a part. Even that, if like, there wasn't, let's yeah. just, let's take that out of it. Let's just say no matter, at the end of the day, what you did was you crossed that, that, yeah. st- that, that standard that m- you did something that you were like, okay. It's a betrayal of conscience. Not, yeah. And now you're guilty. Uh, you feel guilty. It's a conscious thing, right? Yeah. And you're like, I should have. What if I did stand my ground? You know, hindsight, yeah. you're like, man, I would have, there's self, there's regret in some form or another and it, it, mm-hmm. it eats away at you. And that's the moral injury part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's being reflected in why people, you see it in the workforce now too. People yeah. don't care as much. People aren't going to work. Well, people aren't, there's just a lot they going They betrayed on. themselves and they just, there's this guilt, this looming guilt over them. They were like, oh, yeah. I wasn't willing to stand when I felt, but there are those people out there. And then there's other people who see themselves as a hero mm-hmm. snitching out the people in the attic. 100%. Be like, they're over here. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and it's, it's like, but you, you assumed you'd be the people that would have stood up against racism when racism was a cultural norm. Yeah. But no, you're just the guy yelling at dude, they're in the attic. Exactly, yeah. And that was so frustrating yeah. how many people, and they're like, it's, it's a little extreme. Like, no. No. No, it's not extreme. It happened. That's the reality. That, the, that, the reasoning for it is what's making you go, well, of course it's the reason. The fact mm-hmm. that you're willing to, that's the biggest thing I don't like about, uh, you know, I hate to say, you know, liberal and conservative. I hate those little boxes because there's so much more to it than that. But anyways, the end of the day, that point of view, when you feel justified in somebody else's and you revel in somebody else's pain mm-hmm. or negative impact in one form or another because you feel like your position is stronger than theirs. Yeah. That's wrong. And to say that we're all inclusive and everybody else is, you know, the racist or the this or the that and with such hatred and emotion behind it, it's like, well, where's the inclusion? Where's the love? We're like, well, how come nobody can talk to you rationally now without all of this emotion and anger coming out? Where's this love and inclusion that you're yeah. talking about? Like, so, but, uh, we, you're no we better left that than anybody else. A long else. time ago. Yeah. 
I feel like you had something to say on something there. I was just in regards to what you were saying there, but it, it portrays the fact that there is a line between right and wrong, and in certain issues there are teams. Like, I know we like to say, like, oh, tribalism, like, we're beyond yeah. that, and I'm better I'm better than that. But really, like, what, what brotherhood does right have with wrong? Yeah. What brotherhood does light have with darkness? Like, at, at some point, you do have to say, like, you are a servant of a worldview mm-hmm. that is different than mine. And yes, like, victory for you is defeat for me. Yeah. I just have to accept that that's reality and we're on opposite sides of this. Yeah. But <sighs> people like to fight yeah. for the nuance. Like, especially intellectuals love, love to fight for the nuance of, oh, we're, we just see things differently. It's like, no, we're ideologically opposed here. And people forget the word opposed, oppositional. These 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 clash against each other, and there is no going along to get along. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. like we're yeah, gonna fight, and I, I don't think it's good. No, but I think sometimes just agreeing to disagree isn't really solving the problem. I think the ability and being able to actually explain mm-hmm. actually enough to where you know that person clearly understands your point of view. Yeah. And then you're, you're, you're going to listen and really have an understanding of someone else's ability to explain their point of view. Yeah. The breakdown is when one person is willing to do that and not the other. Right. And, and that's, that's part of the problem. And it's easier said than done because communication is a very, very difficult thing to do. Scholars yeah. are scholars because of communication. Yes. And, and so, uh, it, it starts from birth. Yeah. And I think that's an element why social media is a good thing, but then also is a horrible thing. And the ability to communicate proper. <laughs> we d- we rationally. talked about that last week a lot when with with Bernie about how people are just horrible at communicating. Yeah. Like you, we're, we're not good at it. Yeah. I was having, actually, I was having a social media interaction with somebody I disagreed with today. Oh yeah? Yeah. And it was weird because like, I felt like, you know, before I go down this road, it's like, it's like, all right. So we already know that we disagree with each other on this. Like Mm -hmm. if we're going to go down the road of explaining why, I want you to know before we do this that I'm actually in a really good mood (laughs) 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 and I'm doing this in all charity because I want us to actually understand each other, not just to be mindlessly fighting. And I hope you're in the same spot. And then proceeded to explain the disagreement but I was like but it was like it was at that point where I was like man I don't want to fight with this guy well is it because you think you're trying to change the other person's mind or no, is it to just no, make it sure wasn't they that. understand it's because I, I know I know online you I have at least me I have a tendency to read everything with a degree of edge that I'm sure the person writing it doesn't have yeah oh. and so like I wanted to curtail right away this idea that like, you know, like I'm here like arguing with you, trying to like bring out your defense mechanism. Yeah. So we can actually just talk about facts without our fight or flight response <laughs> yeah. kicking in. Yeah. And, and cause that's what, that's what text does. It yeah. does. Like, yeah, like we sure. don't have to do that right now because you can see I'm smiling and I'm, yeah. in, a, I'm in a good mood. We're jovial. 100%. Yeah. But when it's just cold, hard, black and white text, all you see is you're attacking me. You're attacking a fundamental belief I have. Yeah. There is no emotion yeah. with black and white. It's only facts. However, when you're a, you know, like a, you know, a, a giant meat sack with a brain computer, <laughs> you know, like emotions are a part of the deal. Yeah. 
so removing that part of the deal into just text means you're dehumanized to the person who's reading just black and white. They're dealing with an idea, not a person. Mm. And mm-hmm. so we don't understand that when we're dealing online with people, we're dealing with people, not ideas and facts, even mm-hmm. though it feels like we're dealing idea with ideas and facts because it's just text on paper For or sure. text on a screen. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to circumvent yeah, that. I, I don't know. It. I don't know how sex successful it was. You, well, I was going to ask, did you win? I mean, well, if you see it as winning or losing, it's like, it's, uh, it's still, still ongoing. <laughs> ongoing. Okay. Well, like GSP says, a hundred percent of the shots you don't take are missed. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was uh, so Wayne you might as well, you might as well. I think it was just, did I misquote? Where's your fact checking? Uh, <laughs> Where's our guy? Jamie! Where's Jamie! Fuck, <laughs> where are you at? We're just going to let it stand. That, yeah, I, I thought it was GSP that said that one. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah, that's, that's the what. That's how I am so sure it. that that quote is older than GSP. Yeah, Maybe. I'm quite sure it's Gretzky. I could be wrong. Was like, it Gretzky? He, he may sure very well quoted. Yeah, ah, who knows? I want to know now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So our, our, really guest, our guest is turning into Jamie. I'm trying. I'm trying um, to see. Not that I want to be right or wrong because I know. No, I want to know. You want to know who you, what, if, if you're wrong and where you're wrong, right? Um, do you want to talk a little, for a moment about the microdosing thing? I'm terrified of shrooms. I think I've said it before. Yeah, you have. Yep. The idea of, of doing um, microdosing in mushrooms and all that stuff. I fear the demons that I have not yet conquered. Mm. See, I, I, my desire for it's gone away. Oh, really? Like, yeah, I no, was, I, I used to, I used to have the desire to try it, and now I'm like, no, I'm good. I was super interested. Like when I was talking with Dusty about going down that road, mm-hmm. you know, like the thing that held me back was like, okay, this means a conversation with my wife that I don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk to my wife, wanna... so I'm not going to microdose. But it's, I don't know, the it was right. You're right. Oh, hundred percent right. So no, it was Wayne Gret. It was Ring Wayne Gretzky. Oh! Yeah. Slow I, clap. Uh, yeah. I know things. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, so you didn't want to have the conversation with your wife. Yeah, no. I mean, it'd be like, hey, honey, I want to try mushrooms. <laughs> Do you know how hard <laughs> it was? would not have gone anywhere. Do you know how hard it was for, for me to bring up the weed thing with my wife? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of curious. I'd like to try it. Now I've been smoking it once in a while. She And I do it when she has no idea because it doesn't smell like it used to. I just use a vape and it's once in a while. She doesn't even know 90% of the time, unless I get really gone, in which case I just don't talk. That that makes it, I'll send her memes. Like other other than New Year's where she's like, are you high? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that, yeah. So, but when it comes to shrooms, I was really curious, like, for a long time. And the more I've grown conscientious, I don't want to sound... Con- are, uh, pretentious <laughs> but the more that I've grown ideologically and, and consciously I fear that which I have not dealt with mm. I'm like I, I am put there are dragons hidden that I don't know if I'm ready to deal with and I don't want to right now I am too tired <laughs> and interesting like for me like I I'm kind of at the point where I don't feel the necessity to try that because I think the things that I'm doing on a spiritual level are actually doing the job of microdosing. Mm. Like the reflection, the confession, mm-hmm. the um, mantra prayer kind of thing, sort of thing like that. Like I think it's actually like taking me through that with a way that is much more reserved and in control than what, you know, I think would happen if I go down that rabbit hole of, of taking something that I can't, I can't know how a dose is going to hit or anything mm-hmm. like that. Also the idea of, 
<laughs> allowing the fear of doing it to control me. I'm like, now I want to do it more, but I don't, but I do, but I don't. <laughs> no, I get, I get that feeling. I, I think, I think it's good to push the boundaries in some areas and, mm -hmm. and, uh, what you're concerned about is, is I think what a lot of people grapple with and I have too. And that's, I think where my curious comes, curiosity comes from, but, but I think at the end of the day, if you go in with caution, um, I've always looked at everything at like an elastic band. And as you get older, that circle starts to get smaller and brittle. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you know, you're going to be older with a very, well, on your own with everybody close to you mm -hmm. gone. And if you don't push against that boundary and it starts with your insecurities, uh, starts with maybe the unknowns that you don't know about yourself, or maybe you do, but they're just areas that you need to push against. Yeah. Then that's keeping that circle bigger. That's keeping your ability to stay aware and confident and, um, navigate through all those, whatever those nuances are. Everybody has demons and a past. Yeah. It's just, I think microdosing is a unique way of being able to address it in a way that you wouldn't be able to consciously in any other way we've tr currently tried. Mm -hmm. And what, why is it been the constant through humanity? What is the element that, that people are using this stuff for to be able to better themselves? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Christianity might not have as much of a, I think a historical application, but uh, it, it's said to be a buried. <laughs> but, uh, there but, are people who are there out there who think that Christianity had it for a long time and then and in, only in the last true. century or so or two centuries has buried it yeah. because they're like, we don't want anyone thinking that we didn't come upon this, anything other than a spiritual divine intervention. Yeah. Well, even I have, I have being a Catholic. On that one. A lot of people, I, I do too. I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that's accurate. But at the same time, like, it has been said that maybe. Catholics uh, use smoke, you know, and, and they put it over their head and I don't yeah, know incense. what incense. Yeah, like, so. so I'm, I'm Orthodox. So like when I go to uh, Orthodox service, like incense is a huge part of, of the, of the whole proceedings, right? Yeah. Like the, the priest walks around the whole, the whole building, um, like incensing over everybody, the icons and all that stuff. And like, it does add to an element of immersion in the experience of worship because it's, it's a sense engaged, mm -hmm. but there's nothing in the incense that is hallucinogenic or psychedelic, but I can say hundred percent, like when, like I did, I had this experiment last time I went to, to Edmonton cause I went to Orthodox service two weekends in a row. It was the first time I've been able to do that in a while. There's none here. And the first one, we were inside the, inside the sort of the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And the second time we we're out in the nave because we wanted, you know, kid was acting up and just kids. Yeah. <laughs> just kids, kids. kids being kids. Right. So I didn't want them like in interrupting anybody. And it was a different experience being kind of like outside the, 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 <laughs> <laughs> outside the service. But when I walked, I walked in for a little bit. And I tell you, when I went past the doors and into the middle of the area, the sound of the sound of everybody like in kind of like the, they don't sing like we do at, at Evangel or Pentecostal yeah, churches where, and where stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more like a combination of singing and chant. Mm. And, but chant. Yes. Oh chant. yeah. Wow. It's really cool. 
Wow, that's yeah. that's yeah. Like continue it, on. Yeah. So w- walk, walk in with the combination of sound of melody and kind of drone and chant going on in the service, mixed with being surrounded by like gold and earthen hues and icons and the smell of the incense. It's like I, it felt like the air was vibrating. Oh yeah, yeah. In, I bet you that would have been intense. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like, whoa, it, it, it's like stepping behind a veil into another experience. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is interesting. Like, I never quite just like walked into a service like that. I've always just kind of been in it or been on the other side. But to actually walk it well, it's... Yeah, the act- to feel the difference between walking past that threshold was really, really profound. Hmm. And it had an effect on me psychologically that didn't need... It didn't need a chemical to do it mm-hmm. mm. because there's so I many see. different senses all being ga- engaged at once yeah. that it put me in a different headspace, maybe to the same end, but it didn't need the chemical to get there. I I like what you're saying. That's a pretty cool story you just had there. That's, that's uh, an experience that is uh, pretty unique. That's for sure. I think from, I guess what I would like to contribute to what you just said is that I've grappled personally with a lot of that kind of stuff as far as how far do you want to go with it? Like, as far, you know, do you want to try microdosing um, the approach to personal, I think, awareness and respect to there being a whole lot more out there than, than what you realize and what's working for you and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the individual nuance of mm-hmm. it all. I have, I guess I've, I've kind of struggled and why I guess microdosing is a little bit of a curiosity with me too, to kind of go off of what you're saying is that I, I think there's some, an element, we talked about truth being the baseline and absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. And so I don't buy into any one particular, I think, religion Mm -hmm. or approach on certain things, because I think that all of it is, is set up in a way where you need to kind of filter through a lot of what is what is the truth what's the, where's the foundation of something mm-hmm. and and you got to sift through all that crap to be able to get to the oh this is what it's about you probably came into a room where they were a little bit more authentic and genuine in that moment about what that experience was supposed to be and then when you leave and the conversation that comes of it is probably all the fluff that kind of goes with it and i think a lot of different religions religions and cultures and historical events um, have that fluff a little bit and you got to be able to figure out how to navigate through it, whether it's whatever it is really. Mm-hmm. And I've come to realize I, I used to harass my wife a little bit and I do regret this because she got into like chakra and stuff like mm-hmm. energy with the stones and the light and the colors. Yeah. And I was like, what the? F-? Yeah, no, no, that's there's a healthy, some healthy truth. reaction. There's, there's, <laughs> a, well, I was like, man. I, I'm, I'm a cynic on that. <laughs> I just, hey, at the end of the day, um, there's got to be some truth, man. Like, I mean, radiation, just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And I think we, energies, radio waves, all these other oh, things. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, we we do measure them. That's the thing. We can measure okay. scientifically. Yeah. When it comes to norms, like well, we can measure but, norms. But, but what we know about right now, but there is so much more out there you can't measure. Like religion, for example. Mm-hmm. How are you going to measure that? And that, that is one of the difficult parts of measuring with experience because experience is only, 
it's only as good as the person having it. So, yeah, no, I, I... You know, they'd say God is talking to me. And I've grappled with that because mm-hmm. everybody's like, well, how do you know? And what are they saying? It's like, well, it's a sense and it's a feeling and it's a this. And I have had, I've been, I've been raised in a Christian home. I've been about around religion my whole life. And there's so many things about it that make me just want to run. Have you ever read uh, Peterson's 12 Rules for Life? (sighs) Not all the way through. And then because it was too complicated to read, I thought I'd read it and listen to the audio book. And that got me a bit further. And Mm -hmm. then I said, man, I'm just (laughs) going to watch his TikTok videos. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do this. I I listened to (laughs) the audio book. So do you have the audio book then? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. So what I would suggest to you is to actually go to the very end of the audio book to the last segment, which is uh, an afterword where he talks about his new pen of light. Yeah. And so he, he talked about like somebody gave him a pen that had like a function on it where it like lit up and lit the paper sort of thing. And he was like, oh, wow, this is like one of the neatest metaphors I've ever seen. Like, like. You know, talking about how, like, light is the the fundamental truth, the thing that is the logos. Like, you know, it, it vanishes darkness. Light is truth. Yeah. And he's like, it's a combination of that light and a pen of writing. It's like a method of, of writing. He's like, what should I write with my newfound pen of light? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then he just, like, he just asked a question. What should I write about? And then sat and listened and just sat and. and like a Ouija board. No. In a certain way. Like, so, and then a thought came to him, you know, and then he wrote it down. And then he asked a question about the thought. Like, so he's basically having a conversation about himself mm. and realizing that it went in a way he wouldn't have gone if he had decided to write something. Mm-hmm. Where it started to challenge, you know, like that conversation started to challenge his own conceived notions about himself. It started to like, um, it, you know, it was, it turned into a way of, of uh, discovering something he didn't know about himself mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. reflection. And so it's kind of this idea that like asking a question and then listening for the answer, you think, well, like, well, the answer's coming from me. So it's something I already know, but it's weird because it can go a different direction. It's subcon. It's tapping into something that needs to come out. Tension sometimes isn't always a physical thing. It's an emotional one, right? Mm-hmm. Emotions bring out a lot of different physical reactions. Yeah. And sometimes trauma is buried, and so buried emotion is tension. And when mm-hmm. you when it comes out in certain ways of being able to, that's why meditation I think has some value yeah. to it because. You're allowing yourself to be able to start to scratch the surface. Mike talked about it in a way that was interesting because you're aware of it and you know it's there and you know where that bubble is a little bit. And you're worried that as soon as you scratch it, there's going to be a weakness in that armor that keeps it down. And mm-hmm. if it comes out, you don't have control. And that's that's not cool. It's, no, and that's and that's part of the, the, the that's, reason that I'm like, okay, how, how? but then I approach it cautiously. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I am not approaching it in a way that's like, well... I just have to deal with it and just live with the consequences. Like, no, no, this is this is an existential no, it's, problem here. It's real. This is this yeah. is everything. So I wonder if what Devin is saying is going in through a different approach where you're allowing that to come out mm-hmm. 
in a way where it's being written down. And I think if you want to, ooh, I should watch how I say this. No, At go the for end it. of the day, what you're trying to do is just take it for what it's worth instead of attributing it to something. Does it have to be God? Does it have to be tension? Does it have to be anything at all other than just take it for what it's worth and it's good? Mm-hmm. Why do we have to attribute it? Why do we have to put a label and a reason for it that's going to shore up a meaning that's deeper than just the fact that it is what it is until you get to a point of undeniable realization that that's what it is for you. And that's okay, good, so but that's the you thing, not a religion thing. So I'll, I'll push back on that a little bit because truth can't be the same as deception. And truth has to be somewhat absolute apart from how you feel. So if something taps into something that is true and something that takes you away from what your base nature wants to drag you down to, I think that is from without yourself. It's something that is higher and more collective. Why? But what, like, I mean, and when I say that, it's it's a very easy question to throw out there. And I don't want it to be like that. The, the reason and the meaning behind it is, is it goes back to my, reg- why does it have to be that? Why can't it just be what it is until we know enough about it? Like, when you're learning about mechanics, because we, mm-hmm. Mike, you're talking about, you're into mechanics and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. By trade. So when you're, when you're building something, you know, it is what it is. And when you're hammering a nail or if you're building something, you know the principles that mm-hmm. allow you to be able to build a house and the end result is, is a yeah. house. But in that learning process, you're taking it at face value and I think that's what faith is. And then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, look at this is a house. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. But I think... And I think, I think when you're coming you are on learning, it, you're, you're getting really close. I'm, I'm trying to lay... <laughs> No, and that's, that's, I think the, the religious, the religion, right? It's a hell, well, of course, I mean, it makes sense that, you know, you put everything together and look at this is the grand scheme of things. And, but there are a lot more to just building the house and engineering and physics and the whole process of putting that house together in a way where why not have a better understanding and maybe realize that there is so much more to building that house than just attributing it to that one single aspect. And with what you're saying, Devin, is it's a higher thing. Okay, fair enough. But why does it always have to be? It could be misleading if you attribute it to something and then that's where you stop and you don't understand it more because what if it isn't? No, no, you're you're right there. You're right there because you're talking about it. It's like, okay, it has to be more than, than just this, but why does it have to be this? So you're saying, why does it have to be God? Why, why can't it be universe? Why can't it be just nothing? Why can't it be our own self-understanding? Yeah. And it's because if it's more than just a building, if it's more than just an idea, if it's more than just your own brain, it has to be something more. And that's why it must be God. No, because be. in saying that you're coming to an answer and a conclusion no. that's very just. No. But how do you grow with better understanding? Look, when I grew up, dinosaurs weren't real. Uh, when I grew up, there was a, uh, the ozone had uh, a, a hole in yeah, it, yeah. you know, um, there were a lot of things about Christianity that are better known now than they were before. Mm-hmm. 
That's because there was a lot of pushback with people that we disagree with, atheism, maybe even other religions. Every religion says that their religion is the religion, and they got the one true God, and that's that. their historical grounding is what makes theirs the most accurate and true. Mm-hmm. Look, at the end of the day, there's truth in it all. Yeah, there's aspects but of truth in it. why other. does it have to be that one thing? Why does it have to be this religion? Why does it have to be a religion? Why can't we look past that and say, okay, let's have a better understanding and realize that there is so much more happening out there and that the, the galaxy well, is, and the universe is so massive that to just stop with, you know, building a house and saying that's part of God, there's so much more to it that if you look at the bigger picture and have that bigger understanding imagine the awareness of everything not just that house okay, and the you're minimizing. oh okay so uh, i don't know the, if the, i'm the, I'm, the, the way that i would explain yeah right. the way that i, that I that would a, address your um degree of of language that you're using right now it's because i'm a neanderthal by the way <laughs> and i'm drinking sorry <laughs> yeah so if we were to go out into the raw wilderness with nothing but the clothes on our back, we would not last long until we built ourselves a house, until we built ourselves a shelter to protect us from, you know, from the cold, from the elements, from the various predators that, you know, to you is just, you know, to them, you were just a source of food, not a, a being, you know, or anything like that. You, you need... You need to limit yourself to a degree from facing the vastness of the world in order to survive. And once you have that ability to protect yourself and stay safe from the vastness of it, you're able to explore. So like in a way, faith or religion or something like that is your place of covering from what you can't survive. Regardless, I, I think maybe of, of what it is. Like, well, you know, one of the things that attracted me to the way that I went, like I didn't grow up in the stream that I am now. Like I grew up like you did, like, mm. like Mike did, etc. cetera. Um, and I completely 100% deconstructed from that, like just to, to down to nothing. Like, you know, one of our friends asked me, he's like, what's it like converting from Jesus to Jesus? Did, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. It, it is an interesting I mean, question. that's an interesting question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I was thinking about that actually just the other day, like maybe two, three days ago. And I was like, well, no, that's actually not how it went. Like I, I converted from Jesus to atheism. And then from there grew into this thing of orthodoxy, which is a slightly, not even slightly, it's, it's a fairly significant different stream than, than Protestant Christianity. Unbelievably different, really hard. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's hard to, to, it's hard to even like describe things because it's like, well, that's like a whole different thing. Like the, our language is so different that it's, it's hard to describe people what I even am right now yeah. because they don't really know. So like I didn't convert from Jesus to Jesus. I converted from Jesus to nothing and then into a whole different understanding of Jesus than I used to have. Hmm. That's that's the leap that happened there. When I look at any particular religion mm-hmm. and I've looked at 
a few of them and I probably only know like a small percentage of any one of them. I think I refer to Christian mostly just because of the upbringing, but it's been yeah. so long that I've forgotten. Like I, I can't even hardly remember what I learned in, uh, in, um, Christians or, uh, what is it? School, Sunday school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyways, um, I've, I've always had more questions than answers and, yeah. and I've, the response to that usually is, well, it doesn't matter. The questions are definitely healthy and that's a good thing to have, but just have faith. And it's like, no, um, that's not how I feel I'm built. I am going to question everything. It's got me, I think, probably to where I am now as far as being a skeptic in a healthy way. But the important element I try and keep in check for myself a little bit is not trying to make sure that I convince or understand other people in a way where there's an answer at the end of a conversation. I think the juice is just having the conversation. And then later on, when you drive away, a lot of times the reflection in all of that you start going, ah, oh, you know, and, and there's probably more value after the fact sometimes in a conversation than just having it. Mm-hmm. Most people usually reflect and either have regret or wish they said something, you know, after the fact. So the more times you have those, those conversations and the more understanding, then maybe, you know, you will slowly start to feel more comfortable with that level of, uh, commitment in one form or another. Um, I just feel like the more time that goes on the more questions surface and I have the sense of thank God that I, I kind of did ask those questions because they've kind of kept me out of a lot of bad things from happening, Mm -hmm. uh, in that, in that whole process, that journey. And I, I'm at a point now where I feel like, you know, I'm getting up close to my fifties. There's pretty good chance that I'm going to probably end up passing on before actually getting any further ahead than I am now when it comes to being at peace with a certain, you know, point of view on it. And and then so then you go, well, am I, am I going to, like, where am I going to go? Like, I mean, where's that unknown? What is that? And am I, like, do you kind of accept God last minute because of fear? And you're like, oh, what if I had it all wrong up to this point? And I think what keeps me calm with that is that, it's like I'm not condemning any one point of view and I don't feel that I'm at a point where I, I feel the need to commit myself in one direction or another that's going to put me in a place of of condemnation for eternity. I think if that's the result, then I'd rather take condemnation because why why put me in that position? What mm. kind of what kind of what kind of spiritual you know, enlightenment Being asked is you to it, step out and actually take yeah. a choice and be like, I'm going to choose something instead of sit on the sideline and of, hope that it's good enough. And it's not sideline. It's, it's, well, it's, it's questioning. It's, oh, yeah. it's it, and it's, I think it's healthy though. Oh, I don't no. think it's, it's riding a fence. I think because the line has been laid in the sand in a lot of other areas that not many people would probably stand on. So that's a yeah. personal moral compass that I feel as long as I... I honor to a certain level, that's the peace of mind. And the result in that is I don't have guilt and guilt has got to be probably something that is lingering, something I don't know about that. Obviously I did something wrong and I don't have guilt in any of that. I don't have the fear. Mm-hmm. If I was to die tomorrow though, I would feel 100% content that, that 
I've lived my life to the best of my abilities with the information I had at hand because I come, I try and come from a genuine place. Mm -hmm. The result of that is I got a reputation maybe of being an asshole or maybe too, too reserved or too whatever. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That has no bearing on me really. Mm -hmm. Um, I say all of that. I kind of went on a ramble, but, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of people can kind of relate to that though too. Um, oh yeah. So many. hundred percent. Like, I, you know, in a, in a way like you're, you're hundred percent speaking to the man that I was, you know, uh, three years ago, <laughs> you know, like, uh, it's like, I, I identify with everything that, that you're saying, you know, and it's funny how I landed in a spot, but like what, what pushed me or maybe not pushed me, maybe what pulled me this way was like one, I was coming with those questions, with that attitude, with that, with that wondering and the space to be free. I could have gone any given direction I wanted to. And one of the things that helped me feel comfortable with landing in the spot while I was in that position of freedom, you know, from religion, from any expectation or, or direction to go was this thing that, that was said to me, it was like, we don't, we don't try and presume where anybody's going. We don't try and presume where God will limit himself. All we know is that right here is a place where God is and God is helping people. And that's as far as we go with it. Mm. I hope that is true because if it doesn't, then the sense of satisfaction that you were right and they were wrong at the end of the day makes you no different than a liberal or maybe a like someone that comes from Palestine where they're like, you know what, they must die, the infidel. That's the, the, that's going past all that stuff that's bad. That's the human aspect. Uh, we need to stick to the truth, like the mm-hmm. genuine, the legitimate, mm-hmm. like we're talking the, the the real stuff that actually really matters, but that's hard. Like that's the hard, like it I is. say, oh, well, it's, you know, it's uh, re- we it's, want the best really, for everyone. It's, it's like, really oh. hard in that way not to be tribal. <laughs> yeah, it you is know? very, very hard. You know, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, I have to, I have to just say like, I can't be the guy to judge you in where you're going. All I can say is, Lord, have mercy on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and the only thing that I want to do in my spiritual practice is confess, reflect, and experience worship in the way that speaks to me. And I'm not going to force any or try to force anybody else to do my thing. If this is something that moves you, if you experience it with me, like sweet awesome i'll help you down the path if you want to go there but if not the only thing i can say is like i know god loves you and i know that he is free completely and utterly free to reach out to you in whatever way is going to work for your salvation if you'll let him and pray for you that's it mm-hmm. hmm Wow, eh? Yep. It's he pretty, said it better than I can. Pretty, I just want to. I pretty, just want to preach and, <laughs> and no, be like Jesus. It, not, God is not an aspect, don't come aspect across, of truth, but yeah. He is the uh, abundance of it. And it is. It's, if you if you pursue truth, you will, you will find it. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, eventually, I guess. Yeah, eh? yeah, that's exactly it. There's a great kind of piece at the end of the of the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know if you know about the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh yeah, my mom used you know, to read lion, it to us lion, when we were kids. Lion, lion Witch in the Wardrobe, sort yeah. of thing. So at the yeah. very at the very last book of that series, there is a character called the the Noble Kellerman. So he's a guy who at who his whole life served the god Keller or, or whatever it was. It was like this evil, this, this evil thing that, you know, possessed a, a, you know, a whole people, you know, and like drove them to like, why try and wipe out the Narnians sort of thing. And this situation came up where there was this meeting of the, the, you know, kind of like the Narnians and Kellermans and they made this like universal God sort of thing that they, that they presented as just like the everyone is all the same sort of thing. And this Kellerman, this guy who believed in the evil God, you know, like fundamentally, but was a noble person. He he was like, you know what? You guys are wrong. Whatever you're presenting is not the Keller that I grew up worshiping. Like, I think this blending of the two together for whatever your things is vastly vastly wrong and evil and he wound up facing a like a a trial of conscience before going to his death and then when it all wound up ending he was one of the people found in paradise and you know the aslan the kind of the lion who was god in the chronicles of narnia said like whoever pursues truth in all you know in all sincerity and honorly you know it is was worshiping Aslan all along, mm. mm-hmm. and that's you why I, I look. I at, see. I look yeah. at guys like Jordan Peterson that is pursuing truth, and where does he keep landing? He lands on one of the greatest books ever written. He keeps landing on the side of things, maybe not directly because he's just so ideologically founded, and the like. I can't be that. <laughs> no, what he said. What he said. I've followed a little bit about that. I haven't gotten too deep in it. A lot of it's through that Daily Wire Plus. Yeah, and I don't. I'm not on I Daily am. Wire Plus. Yeah, so <laughs> I haven't gotten into a lot of that um, stuff. I the little bit I have seen is where he has uh, talked about the Bible, and uh, there's some very interesting stuff. Um, I'll listen to all of it. But mm-hmm. I tr- find myself yeah. in the same position as when I started. Uh, it's it's very interesting. But he and he treats it more like literature than yeah. like I think I think any religious person. Well, would. what they're but touching he, he on gives is it weight. He gives it he, he gives it weight in a way where I think that there's a realization that just because it was back in the day doesn't mean that they were. I think they were more advanced. I think than we are when it comes to um, the elite. Um, awareness and application. I think there were more like there. There was like ultra one percent, and then there were the the commoners, which was mm-hmm. ultra poor, right? And there was really no middle class, a very very small percentage of middle class back back mm. in those days. You had the slavery, and you had a lot of these things that you know were very common back then. But there was an understanding and a connection to a lot of things on very many levels what astrology engineering a lot of different things that allowed him to have i think um different awarenesses about things that we're starting to realize now because right now we've exploded because the industrial age to a point of where standard of living is high and as a result with a higher level of middle class we think 
we're smarter and more advanced and we're now the future and the cutting edge. Mm -hmm. But in the last hundred years, we've only actually gotten to that point and we're comparing ourselves to, you know, thousands of years of humanity, most of which was wiped out up until the Roman and the Egyptian empire, like the age of where the Bible was actually written. And we're starting to realize now we're on the cutting edge of going, these guys really actually had a lot of stuff that we didn't know about and is valuable and applicable nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to continue on for a long time, I think, until we start to have a better understanding of, of um, I don't know, their application when it comes to the stars. And does that, that's where the question is, well, is that God that led them? Or is that aliens? Some people think it's aliens. Yeah. I say no, none of that. I think when you're dealing with thousands of years of humanity being able to assemble other cultures into one, like the but they, Romans. But they were still limited in many ways because why, are, why don't we see any astrological presence that we do now? Satellites. We don't say anything like that. They're like, oh, they had they had no need for satellites. It's like, well, th- then they skipped a bunch of steps. Or they cleaned up the atmosphere somehow in a timeline that we just don't see today. Well, I think they, they they had a different approach. I think there's, you know, the, the saying there's uh, not, you know, many ways to skin a cat. Yeah. Um, I think that might be true just because we use satellites and a certain tool to have the ability to get information and information, communicate and and all that stuff. And and that's where there were other ways of being able to do, they had time on their hand. We, we exploded with like, man, you can't even say Canada's 150 years. years. So let's say, yeah, at best Look at the last last hundred years and how, or even the last, we'll say 60 years. When you look at how fast technology has gone from us having a, a very primitive idea of how to get to the moon <laughs> to now we, we go to the moon cause we're bored. Like, or they're getting to that point where they're like, Oh, we're going to go to the moon again. Cause why not? <laughs> yeah. Billionaires are going to space for fun. Yeah. Well, anyways, I guess at the end of the day, I think when it comes to ancient civilization, they, I think they had a better awareness than we do now and it's reflected in their archaeology and the pyramids and everything else in a way because they had the time. They were able to bring in all different kinds of cultures that had a lot more time than we have now and so bring that s- together to be able to better themselves as a culture. Do before. you adhere to the uh, Dreyfus Impact Theory then? The I'm not even sure what that is. It's the resetting of humanity where an asteroid hit us and then we just kind of got a reset because as much Uh, as we like to say that they had a lot of things figured out that we don't, it hasn't. No, no, I don't believe that at all. No? That's a fun one. I like it. I, I mean, I've been, I'm in the process of trying to figure that out a little bit, you know, so real time almost. So I, I mean, I don't really want to prescribe to one theory or another, like like I'm really, but I think. I'm leaning now towards more of, you know, there's an interesting uh, video that I just did with, um, you know, who Jesse Lambert is? He told me about this white rat thing, this video that they did in the 80s. It was interesting, but it kind of has a lot of application to this conversation where Mm. um, they took a bunch of rats in a controlled environment, big box that had different areas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know this one. And they were one, yeah. able to let them grow and they gave them everything they needed. Yeah. 
It created a paradise. And it, yeah, they created a paradise, exactly. And it got to the point where it, it, it exploded in population to where, you know, they had life so good that um, even the really nice looking rats refused to have babies or yeah. or reproduce. And then it was just a sharp decline. Yeah. And I think when life gets so good, yeah, like then we start to get hung up on a lot of things that we might find are important until we realize that it has nothing to do with our survivability. And Mm -hmm. then you have a sharp decline in population and at the same time, internal conflict. And I think that's what happened in the dark ages is it got to a point of where you had such a lifestyle at that point in time so good that it just self-imploded. You know, just total opulence. Yeah. Yeah. And then it had to get bad and the, the, the skills that actually mattered directly to your survival is what allowed, you know, a lot of the humans mm-hmm. that survived be able to grind out and get to a point of where now culture and records, a lot of things started to gain and, and we are where we are now. And I mm-hmm. think that is a bit of a cyclical pa- pattern because it's a, it's a humanity pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Well... And you wonder, it's like, how do we avoid that? Do we create hard times for the sake of having hard times so that we don't reach paradise? And well, I'm so not too that sure we can do anything about it. So look, yeah. at, look, look at this winter, for example. It's cold and we're all shut down because, you know, we're freaking out and a lot of people are even using, you know, oh, you will die if you're outside for the less length of time and everything else. And yeah, I get that. But why is it that the nicer things get right now, Mm-hmm. And the standard of living gets to the point, especially in a day and age where, you know, the, the, the weather conditions aren't quite as severe as they used to be. No. All of a sudden now it's the most catastrophic craziness that the cold snap and it's oh, like, yeah. oh, we can't function. We can't, no machine will work. It's like, well, we're no, fur- we're further ahead technology wise and our abilities than any other point in history. And yet 30 below is going to shut us down. And They're and claiming, they're claiming, you know, for a fact, your truck's going to start, <laughs> my truck's going to like, like, I'm but sorry, that, your that, van. That's what I'm saying. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's an old, like, there's no way that that thing should start if we were, if it was as bad as they're if trying I, to say it is right now. It's cold. <coughs> yes. Is it super cold? No. When I was, when I was a kid growing up. If they would have shut the school buses down at 30 below, like they just did now, mm-hmm. people would be like, what do I do? With my what, what are you doing? Are you doing? And then not <laughs> only that, why is it that uh, me and my wife just had this conversation this morning? She's like, cause we live out of town Yeah, and, um, our grandson takes the bus. So we've been taking him into school every time the bus is, is, uh, is shut down and we have to go down South Taylor Hill. So yeah. we're talking about the most extreme catastrophic, you know, yeah. conditions. And she's like, yeah, um, maybe two kids that take the school bus don't show up, but they're shutting the school down because all the other kids aren't showing up. The school bus doesn't show up. All the kids that take the school bus are there. Yeah. Yeah, like but my, none of the other. Like I, I, I <laughs> lived, like, I lived rural for, for from grade so three to eight. You know, like when when weather was so cold that I couldn't go wait for the school bus. Like my mom would just take me to the drop, and we would sit in the vehicle and wait till the bus got there. Yeah. And then she'd be like, "All right, hop on the bus and go." Yeah, and then we did lunch inside. You yeah, know, instead of. Instead of like, and uh, the bus was always cold. It didn't matter how much you had that, unless you were sitting on the heater. The bus oh yeah, was cold. Everybody stayed in their gear, but like, I I don't remember school being shut down for weather as often as it is now. No, like I I get the idea that like, 
It's like, you know, the, the, the district doesn't want their buses like to have issues and stuff like that. And maybe they're worried about liability because liability is so much a bigger deal than it was when we were kids. But oh, huge. we got away with it. And, and the fact is, like, you think that we're the coldest place on the planet right now? Yeah. Fuck that. Like, yeah. There's a whole world north of us yet. Yeah, yeah and, and we have we have clothing technology that we didn't have 50 years ago. Yeah. I mean, there was no such thing as Helly yeah. Hansen or Bath and Boots or yeah. heated Milwaukee freaking coats and, yeah. you know, all these. At the So I don't want to diminish the fact that it's cold and the people that made those decisions for themselves, <laughs> you know, I don't hold judgment. Look, at the end of the day, it is what it is. The point I was trying to make out of it all is that when we had... Two-wheel drive pickups that didn't have command start with heated leather seats and all this other, st- and school buses that, you know, ran off of propane instead of, you know, yeah. that would liquefy. All these all these variables and, and uh, it was a little bit more of a way of life and we were able to make it work. And yet yeah. we're way further ahead with technology and everything else and now... The weather conditions aren't as, as extreme and we're freaking right out. Like, yeah. Is it, yeah. It's, it's weird. Like they're like, oh, it's getting to minus 30. We're shutting down. And I'm like. We're getting like, softer. What, 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 do you, what do you mean <laughs> we're like shutting down? It's the other so, way around, but we're just getting softer. So we go back to that rat thing. Yeah. Are we on that downward, you know, life gets so good that. Oh yeah. I think, I think a hundred percent Western culture has reached that point where it's. It's accepted it. Yeah. It, yeah. It's reached that point where it's good life has started to work against itself mm-hmm. and then it's dropping off. Like, you know, we're having record low birth rates and stuff like that in general. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's yeah. like the movie Idiocracy, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. Like, like that's just, that's just happening. That is totally happening. It's terrifying how close to accuracy that movie is. You know, we've, we've got a guy who's like, you know, was the president and is likely going to be the president of the United States next time around, who's in the Hall of Fame of the WWE. That's just like idiocracy. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh yeah, no, Trump was a hundred percent in the WWE, the WWE Hall, of Fame? Hall of Fame. Yes, he uh, participated in a couple WrestleMania events. Yeah, he, I, t- I remember him taking. He, put, out. he did he really? Yeah, <laughs> he, so yeah, he, he, uh, I think he, he even... tackled and hit. What's his name? The guy who yeah, Vince, Vince, no Vince McMahon. McMahon. Yes, yeah, so he, he did. tackled Vince oh, McMahon. Oh wow! I think he may have even like took a Stone Cold Stunner or something. No, like that. Yeah, oh, yes. did he really? Yes. <laughs> That's what makes me like him so that much. I'm like, he's I do. so. Uh, uh, I hate to reveal, I, I guess, uh, my uh, points of view on too much because, uh, you know. Oh, you just get shit on no matter probably what. Probably going to fire a lot of people up. But uh, at the end of the day, whatever. I think that's funny. I, I, I get a kick out of that. I think it's. I'm glad he's he, around. He do I him. Do I think he should be president? I don't think he should. He had his time. It's fine. It's, I'm glad he was president. I'm happy with that. I'm like, this was, he did a lot of great things. I don't think they need him again. Well, who they, do you think uh, should should run? What the governor? Uh, the governor of Florida. Florida, yeah. Vivek Ramaswamy. No, no, no. That no, uh, Vivek is the other guy. Vivek? But no, no, it's Vivek, Vivek is how you say it. Oh, Vivek. Uh, but no, that's uh, what's it? DeSantis. Yeah, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. He's phenomenal. He's a gr- he's ideologically great. He's conservative, but at the same time, he's not an idiot. Former Marine, I think he was. Like he served. Like this guy's oh, yeah. kind of done it all. I don't know much and, about him. Oh, so t- yeah, look like, him. He's great. Yeah, take yeah, a look at him and his run run as governor of Florida. As far as he, how he's managed, that I, state. I like Florida as the state over the last like when when there was pressure. 
and yeah. how they conducted themselves and they yeah, navigated yeah. And that's all under difficult DeSantis. situations. I, I like, I like they were much him. like Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how they were able to navigate and put, you know, just yeah. how they handled themselves. Yeah. Yeah. For so, sure. so he's the front runner along with Trump of being the nominee for the next election for the I Republicans. I thought it was that, that is Vivek? Vivek. Vivek. <laughs> like cake. Oh. Vivek. That's how they say it. Vivek like cake. Okay, Vivek. I heard him on a different show say that. I'm like, he, damn it, that's in my head. He's a strong guy and I think he's, he's got a lot I of think he's a already, mouthpiece. I think he's already out of it. No, he's still in. Is he still in? Okay. He's still in, but he's just such a mouthpiece. I'm like, he he's in it for clout and it's- You think so? Oh yeah. I don't oh. think he's serious. Huh. Like he's fine and everything. I like him as a person. I just, yeah. his, not not right now. He's saying, stu- he's, he's getting a lot of, uh, of great- he says something that you're like, yeah. And then you think about it for two seconds. Like, no, it's like, oh, here's the debate we want. We want this person versus, or we want Trump versus Joe Biden and Joe Rogan narrating. It's like, yeah, that's cute. (laughs) Nobody actually wants that. No, I think he was talking about it because it was mainstream. I think I've yeah. seen that clip that you you watched, and it was because mainstream with a very uh, with a small uh, viewership yeah. kind of count. He was like, "What are you guys doing? You're talking about nonsense. Let's talk about some yeah. real. Let's have some real questions which is, which with is a real really following cute and to hit. say." But well, he, I think I thought it was a good point to a degree. Like, he's trying to pit everyone against each other and says, it doesn't really matter. It's just like, then why are you here? What are you doing? Why didn't you step out and do what Trump does and just not show up? Because it does matter. He just wants to get his talking points in like everybody else. Huh. And I it's didn't fine, see it that way at all. But he just, I, he's not serious. I don't take him serious. That's the only problem. That's super cool. I like cool him as a person. I, that's don't an take interesting. Yeah, fair enough. What and about he, Canadian politics? Mm. Um, oh, you, Pierre <laughs> Polyev like, oh. <laughs> Pierre Polyev is an asshole, but he is my asshole. I am fine with that guy. I'm like, I, I love the, how do you like them apples? Even though. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, sweet. <laughs> well, I mean, it, at this point, what are the options? The options are Trudeau. Uh, the former. Yagmeet Singh. Or at this point, it's Pierre Polyev because, I mean, he is the leader of the opposition party. The, uh, yeah. those, those, are the, guy? those are the three options. Who's the guy who did the CPP the guy? Um, he's like. Um, but, uh. Bernie, 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 Ber- Ber- oh, Bernie. No, Bernie. Well, there's Mike Bernie in Dawson. He's yeah. an MLA, but that, um, uh, you know who I'm talking about. The guy who is the same name. Is yeah, it? he's got the, same, the same last name. name. Yeah. But oh, the, okay, so the guy out, he was a Frenchman out of I think Quebec, but he was leader Mike of the CPP. That's his name. Leader of CPP, and I listened to him. He is exactly what this country needs, and he will never win. Yeah, uh, Bernie, Mike Bernie. Yeah. I think that's him. Whoever the CPP guy was yeah, that yeah. was that was yeah. like leading that party at the time yeah, it's Mike who Bernie. said we're not looking to win, we're just looking to have a seat, which he recognized it for what it is. This country needs him yeah. and he will never win. Yeah. I think no, I don't think so either. I don't think he'll he'll but even he, come he close is, to winning. He's though. what we need. Yeah. yeah. He does have a lot. I agree. Yeah, I do he's agree. got he's got some good stuff, but I mean I think he probably was the reason that our last election went as bad as it did, though, for us. Think so? You're talking about splitting the vote and all that stuff. Yeah, I think no, there was. I, I think don't. there was enough spot. There was enough spots. He split votes that kept it as a majority. Yeah. So I got a question. I like the majority, but like he, the where he kept it from. He kept the conservatives from being yeah as, because as, you're as not as prominent as prominent as they should be. But at the same time, Andrew Shear 
Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I did I'm not just, like Andrew Shearer. He was oh, like man. the milk toast conservative I've ever yeah, met. He was the worst candidate we've ever put up. He's the most but liberal. Mike <clears throat> Bernier, for example, though, I don't actually, there are some things I like and others I don't. I'm kind of torn between between that guy. But, but at the end, okay, to talk about split voting, vote splitting, I meant. So, so what is this stuff? It's uh, rum or bourbon that you're It's bourbon. bourbon. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he, so votes, I do, I, I don't know. I'm torn between that whole vote split thing. Um, I've talked to enough people that have some pretty good, I uh, think, points when it comes for and against it. But let's say, you know, it is a vote splitting thing. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't there be... A little bit of, I think, um, partnership with with uh, people and parties that you align with, based off of um, different, I guess, rules or bills that they're trying to put through legislation bills, and just align with the people you align with to be able to push through what you need to, and not get so hung up on party politics quite so much. I mean, liberals and NDP do it, and provincially, NDP and the Green Party did it. Like, it, there's nothing wrong with saying, okay, this region represent has is you know say PPC and it's a vote split, but on this particular topic we align, and that vote shouldn't matter whether it's PPC or mm-hmm. whether it's a con- conservative or a liberal. I mean, at the end of the day, it's seat that's for or against because, a certain bill. Because conservatives are ideologically dri- driven, where from my view going to prefix on that the liberal and ndp are power driven as long as it's not conservative they're happy they will team up to make sure conservatives don't win you've seen it every time that conservatives get close liberals are willing to make a deal with the with the other okay, parties I'll, I'll to push, make it I'll, so they I'll push don't. back on that and we'll use our own province as an example mm-hmm. when i was a kid the ndp took part took power mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it was a disaster <laughs> it's maxime bernier by the way yeah oh that's right yeah maxime yeah. thanks for fact checking that mike <laughs> 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 All right. So anyway, we're back to BC. So we got the NDP like just run roughshod over BC while yeah. I was a kid, and then the Conservatives and the Liberals formed together. Even though they were called Liberals, it was more of a center right party yep. that managed to topple the NDP and do okay for a while mm-hmm. until the, the kind of this balance between right and center went away and it became kind of center left. But for a while, we were able to play ball, be like, we need to get this NDP government out because it's driving our province completely crazy. Into the ground, yeah. It's driving it into the ground. So, I mean, we were able to play ball and join forces with another party in order to topple an NDP government. Yes. And now and, like and now every single... Thing? Yeah, or the is coalition it just working together. But uh, but now yeah. one of the biggest problems that we're having in Canada or in BC, BC specifically is remember the NDP. The Liberals' talking point is now don't vote Conservatives because remember the NDP. Not that we're doing a good job, but remember how bad the NDP was, and it's it's horseshit. Yeah. But but that went away because the NDP managed to gather enough to topple the Liberals. Yeah, over the, it was the Harmony Tax. <laughs> yeah, the, that was yeah. that was the big thing. So even though the harmony tax was great, like as for me as a local small business owner, the harmony tax was better than anything. Yeah. Oh, it was really? fine because it, well, all it did was grab the taxes that we already had and then put them into one, so it was easier paperwork in a lot of yeah, ways. Yeah, it, it took time and effort away from paperwork, 
and it also actually gave me back more in in rebates than, yeah. than the, the current GST, PST thing. So it did way better for me as a small business owner. I loved the HST. Yeah. Really? It, it was a good thing. And, but, but people but just, they hear taxes. They, and but they heard taxes and they were nuts. like, you're, you're left-wing bullshit. You're, and then, you're raising our taxes. They, it's like yeah. a new tax. It's and like, then, no, it's just, and then just, over the just crazy because yeah. I completely forgot about that. And then over that whole thing, they split the vote and NDB took over. And oh, then look what that got us. Yeah. yeah. Right? So so vote splitting is ve- it's a very real danger. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that's why true. I like the American system. The two-party system that everyone likes to shit on, especially Canadians. Uh, Canadians love shitting on the two-party system. I'm a fan. Yeah. No more splitting the vote. Let's just have the people we hate or the people we like and no more milk. Like, I suppose. Just going in between. Man, that... And just mm, jump back and forth every I'm, few I'm, years because right I'm now we got people that. who don't... We, we, It's the lesser of two evils most of the time or it's the evil. One yeah, or the other. I don't, I don't agree with the... Um, so what I don't like about it is the unelected, the appointed positions, like how well, are senators and stuff like that. Yeah. So like Congress or sorry, not Congress. Sorry. That's American Senate. Or yeah. Senate, the Senate the is Canadian appointed. Senate. Yeah. They're uh, to 75, mm-hmm. the age of 75. Yeah. And but how they do it. Like a lot of the people uh, that go uh, do making it to Senate, it's not a big gig. It's, it, it's very small. No, but it's, imp- well, it's an impactful one. It's yeah. a very for real one. Oh, it's yeah, actually it's real. probably got more of an impact than elected positions. Uh, and even now with uh, Supreme Court judges, mm-hmm. there's only what I think you can fact check me, but seven in Canada and they're also appointed. Yeah. And these are, these are, I think I like the government system. So before we get too far on it, I, uh, cause some people will get hung up on the wrong areas. I am, my position is I, I like our government as far as the setup, because I feel that it has allowed Canada to get to where it is now. Mm-hmm. And I just feel that too many people like me have have had it too damn good and got disengaged to the point where the government system got saturated with people that I disagree with. Yes. And are a yeah. bunch of freaking idiots. <laughs> and I, I think that the system itself and the structure is good. We just need to get more people involved to try and um, dilute that a little better to something within Mm -hmm. a reality that I think I I align with a little bit better. I I agree with what you're saying up to the point where Trudeau came into the picture. Um, Because Trudeau as an entity completely sniped the the NDP's platform from them. On so many issues, he was more left than they were. And so he was able to kind of cannibalize all the things that was going on there and then present this giant woke, <laughs> you know, wall that were, that were yeah, fighting. That's true. And so he almost created a need for bipolar, for, for a bipolar system. Yeah. Like if we, if we had anybody else leading that liberal, that or liberal, uh, no, even just liberal, if we had anybody else leading that liberal government, we would be better off. Yeah, because he, as a leader, would be better set to be an NDP. Uh, I agree, figurehead. Devin. But at the end of the day, I don't hold it on him. I don't. I'm not disappointed with our government. I'm disappointed with the people that voted and actually seen and took that crap for what it was for. Like I remember yeah. when he went for that. He was the reason why I actually started to pay attention in in, in mm-hmm. politics. Because uh, I remember when he got elected as as prime minister. I even have on my Facebook, my personal Facebook page, I have 
it pinned on there because back then I was just the, the guy on social media that would scroll mm-hmm. while I was taking a crap yep. and I wouldn't engage at all. Like, and that was the first one, never mind a political post where I went, what are we doing Canada? This yeah. is insane. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want it to look like I'm holding judgment on anybody. It is what it is, but, but I do hold Canadians in general a little bit more, I think, accountable so to the fact that I, he even I had disagree, an opportunity to get in on this one. I disagree with you on this one because, like, prior to Trudeau, the Liberal government was center to center left. It was a conservative. It was Harper, wasn't it? No, uh, he was conservative. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. The, so, so pr- sorry, what I mean was prior to Trudeau, the Liberal Party oh, okay. was center to slightly center left. Yeah. Like true, like okay. un, under Chrétien, yeah. under Chrétien, things were actually pretty rosy. Yeah, like he was very moderate. So Chrétien was uh, liberal. Yeah, he, yeah, was, he, was, he liberal. was. He was a leader of the liberal okay, party. So you got to forgive me because I'm I'm bad at historical. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Like You're telling me things I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. so Chrétien in general was very very moderate. I remember Chrétien. Yeah. though. You know, and uh, his successful his successor Paul Martin was very moderate too. Yeah. His issue was corruption. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what kind of toppled that, and Stephen Harper was able to to launch off from there. And just do an amazing. So job. in general, Canada did pretty well. Under the Chrétien. Um, as a liberal party. As a liberal as party. The, okay, because okay. it actually provided opportunities for the, you know, for the left and for the right to have their say in politics. Mm-hmm. When Trudeau hit the market, he was, he is so far left of what the liberal party was, but was able to take on because of his family name. Mm-hmm. And as well as like being a handsome individual and. See, those are two things I didn't get. Cause I'd never heard of Trudeau up to, up until then. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, what the hell? Like you yeah, think it, that guy's you know, handsome? <laughs> hey, for, for, for a politician, come on. <laughs> Come on. He, at the moment, at the moment, I, I look at him and, and just like, have a, oh, level, just, a level of disgust. Yeah. But yeah. I think if we were to take politics out of it and just have him being any yeah, kind yeah. of general If you were celebrity, a chick and you saw Jean Chrétien and then you saw Pierre Trudeau, who are you going to call handsome out of those two? Okay, well, if you put it in that light. Okay, even okay, okay, okay. even, I, I even Harper looked like a serial killer. He <laughs> Not did. really. Harper looked I didn't horrible. think that at all. He smiled and you're like, he I just, fear for my life. <laughs> okay, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at pictures and then think serial killer for a second. Second, a little bit ignorant, not I guess. Unthinking it. Yeah. So Trudeau had the kind of like the glossy finish of being like you know like a really like good like oh we'll put him forward and like yeah. and that will actually make Canada look pretty good. He almost had that Obama effect. Yeah. You know of of being like sort of like a you know, handsome fellow that makes everybody look like well enlightened and like yeah. like our whole country's got something to go for it. But like he really got in off of the, his name alone, hmm. and but he as an individual is so much farther left than the Liberal Party has ever, ever been that he totally sniped out from under it anything that the NDP party had going for it. So he captured he captured the left vote and basically made it, made that whole side of the political spectrum a one-party show mm. to the point where even Yagmeet Singh has nothing to offer other than... Because he's not woke enough. He's, <laughs> yeah. Trudeau's like, got yeah. him beat. Like, yeah. His whole his whole platform, wow, eh? other than a couple individual things that, like, say, Vanilla Will would say, well, I still think NDP is Yeah, but is he, right. I think he's getting the diversity yeah. vote on, on Will. Exactly. So <laughs> Yagmeet Singh's whole platform is completely sniped 
by Trudeau's wokeness and leftness. But he's also got going for him the historical centrism and moderation that the rest of Canada remembers liberals for. Hmm. So he's able to yeah. basically unite the center and the left together into I one get juggernaut. It. I like what you're saying. It, it makes sense. I I totally get it. I, I really do in a different way than I, I looked at it before. Because yeah. I, I was curious. There was a question in my mind when it came to that. And you, you made sense of a lot of, of that aspect. Because I, I seen it from somebody at that time not politically or civically engaged whatsoever, period, at all. I had no understanding or even curiosity. Words like constituents aggravated me, uh, you know, and I, I feel differently yeah. now, you know, mm -hmm. and I apologize for my ignorance up until my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, I do remember that was a pivotal point for me when he got elected. I was like, I didn't know what to do, but I was like, we are up. I, I can't believe yeah. he, I couldn't believe that people were falling for it. But then at the same time, you know, I, I started to think about it a lot more. And I think because of that, there's a few different moments that I could probably pin in history where I got to where I am now, as far as why I'm engaged where I am. And one of the things that I was thinking about up to that point was, uh, every graduation year. Um, in the oil and gas industries anyways, is, is I would see the influx of the new workforce and it was distinctively different than the previous year. And you would think that there will be a little bit more of like frog and hot water kind of aspect from one year to the, to the next, but it was like, it was pretty sharp. And then when Trudeau got elected, I was like, okay, we went from, I guess, entering the workforce and I, I guess the entry level class to where that age group now has gotten old enough to where they are in management and, and saturating even politics. And that's what worried me the most is that we started going off of, I think, some of the niceties that, you know, I seen were problematic in my opinion, taking root and was able to say, okay, in eight years, I thought it was a shorter timeline of where, you know, things were going to start going a little bit crazy. And it's been a, sh it's been a slower transition, but it's been far more extreme than I expected. If, if that makes sense, mm. it's been slower, uh, but it's oh, been the like incremental change, right? Because crazy how bad things have and gotten. And that's part of the Canadian system of having the minority government that we do. They're not able to push things as hard. And I know some people, they want a minority government every single okay. time. So, you know what, like that would be true. If everybody voted to their conscience. Yes, but but the liberals but do not don't. vote to they their try conscience. And, they try they, and go tactical. Liberals but, and NDP vote in lockstep. And that's why the conservatives can't make an impact is because the, we've got conservatives who are like, well, I kind of agree in some areas. And I'm like, yes, but they're going to run roughshod over the conservative party because they've got all these people and all they need is a couple of these conservatives yeah. to vote their conscience, which I wish they would. No, no, sorry. I wish... Liberals would, but they're not. Yeah. They're voting and in so, lockstep. And that's, and not that conservatives are, but that liberals yeah. Liberal, Liberals are, are definitely, I think uh, conservatives. They're better organized. Well, they, that's true. And they're definitely a little bit more engaged. Yeah. Like there's an example that I think is fitting right now. And I wish I could say names, but 
Um, I don't, I don't think it's fitting. So I'm just going to try and I don't want to be long winded here, but I want to try and input here a little bit. It was a local uh, election when it came to mayor and a certain person was running as mayor and thought that person was going to win and it ended up losing. Yeah. That person went to, um, Lori Ackerman, who was the, our old mayor yep, our former one. and went, um, like, what, what did I, what did I do wrong here? Like, I thought I had it. And Lori said, well, um, you have, uh, a, a gr- I can't remember the word and I don't want to butcher it. So take that, guess the gist of what I'm about to say, but the, you had greater numbers in agreement with you, but the people who voted are already positively engaged within our community. So I think what she was trying to say was that the eligible voting population are already involved in involvement in the Legion, in the Rotary, in business ownership, in with like every day-to-day nuance that are within our uh, city limits and our community. Mm-hmm. And most of the people that have a disdainment towards a lot of things that are happening right now either aren't engaged in any way at all or they're kind of yep. voicing the statement like, you yep. know, screw the government and everything else and not even voting because they don't feel like their vote counts matters or there's going to be any change. There's no real good options. And so the result in that is the momentum and that needle just going further and further out of alignment with, you yep. know, the greater silent majority, so to speak. And he was, that this person was like, well, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. It's just... Discontentment breeds change. Mm -hmm. Content does not, like, if you want to continue on a course, you need to make sure people feel discontent because they need to feel like you're not done yet. And when you're like, hey, I'm doing a great job. And they'll be like, yeah, you are. Okay, come vote for me. It's like, ah, I'm busy that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's the problem is yeah. we have people that aren't voting. The and, built-in and, voting population yeah. so is already playing Playing left. it safe in, in, that, in that instance is a net negative. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with, that's what happened with our last election. Andrew Scheer was the guy who was too safe. Yep. Because everybody who was really, everybody who's really too worried, like everybody who's really worried about all the shit that our our country is facing, looked at Andrew Scheer and was like, you're not our guy. Yeah. Like, and they went Max and Bernier. Yeah. Like, and that totally fucked, you know, our election and led to another Trudeau, Trudeau victory. And like, yeah, Yeah. he got a minority, but since he already had the NDB platform fucked anyway, they just rolled over and went with him on every decision that mattered. That's right. Just so they, just so they could matter. It's like making for a a functional majority. Yeah. Hmm. And so what we need to overwhelm that functional majority is that a functional majority of our own. So we need a guy who is going to run the conservative party and catch not only the center right votes, but the hard right votes. Yes. And Andrew Scheer was too safe to do that. And Pierre Polyev. He would not do anything or say anything that would give the the not even just the far right but just the the sen- just like the real like nitty gritty down to earth blue collar dude any confidence yeah and that's and so where they you're... all f- they all peeled off into cpp votes yeah mm. and because they felt like yeah. oh we need an extreme change yeah. and it's like yes but you're not you don't have the numbers yeah but at the same time if we did get andrew Shear in in we would still be like oh it would be such a bitch fest 
It would be, and I don't think he would have lasted. No, no I don't no. think he was the so, man like, myself. You know, I didn't. It was I didn't just. Feel it was just the the worst possible guy to have at yeah, the head of the. It was. And it, I, was, it was too. It was too safe. Yeah, and I and I hope Paul Iver splits that difference to the point to the point where the average CPP guy can be like, "All right, I trust you," and the majority of. You know the. I I I feel I feel decent with him. I think he. Does. I do. I, I know I, people I, that know him personally. I think oh, really? he's, my sister in law used to hang out with him all the time. Like she's oh, wow. he, he he's been involved. Yeah, yeah. get him down involved. here. <laughs> would that would that be a get? Yeah. Would I'll, that be I'll a talk get? To, I'll talk to her. I'll talk to her. But oh. I doubt. I'd like. <laughs> I'd be wow. like, hey, you're friends with him. Hook a brother up. I mean, a, if a that's not a contact up. on. on I, I, <laughs> I don't know a better uh, one. I Jesus. I, I mean, forget I, about the people I know. <laughs> it's really frustrating. Oh, I don't believe that. Just don't. Just don't <laughs> let him. Don't let him listen to any of our prior yeah, episodes about him because I constantly <laughs> just call him Pierre Potpourri. <laughs> I don't know how to properly pronounce his last name, and it oh, looks yeah, like Potpourri Pierre to Paul, me. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Fuck you, French guy. All right, uh, we're coming up on two hours. Um, wow. Yeah, or we're over two hours, but all right. I gotta piss. My Kay. kids are getting antsy. They want to like have fun, and they're I could hear balls bouncing upstairs. I'm like, what <laughs> the fuck? And my wife's like, I've been telling them stop for two hours, and I'm like, okay, yes. It's well, been you two know, hours. you know what <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be an issue is if you weren't doing dry January. Then you would be like, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Like I am right now. <laughs> I feel very freewheeling. <laughs> Yeah, I feel pretty damn good, but I've been. Yeah, the I don't bourbon know how much is of this good. Been, it is good. It's, it's uh, so good. Bullet is just a great well, bourbon. Before I do, I'll let you guys have last word, but I'd like to throw in a little bit of a closing statement. Yeah. If you don't mind. Um, what you guys are doing, I think, is pretty badass. And I know it's awkward to hear stuff like that. And even the listener, you know, to hear smoke blowing up other people's <laughs> ass isn't really all that comfortable. But the reality of it is uh, not enough people that are doing, I think, good work or getting the acknowledgement. You guys are knocking it out of the park. I have not listened to every single episode. I'll be honest with that. But yeah, you'd be a champ good if thing. you did. That, that doesn't matter. You guys are doing good. Um, <laughs> oh, I you. know Andy and Byrne, uh, and I know Andy better than Byrne just recently uh, yeah. over the last few years. And I heard him. On uh, the first episode he was on and, and we were kind of a little bit more, you know, beginning podcasters. I mean, yeah. we're from Fort St. John trying to make a go of it. And I think we're uh, on alignment on a lot of things. And yeah. I want to, you know, there's a lot of work. There's, I get it. Okay. Yeah. I, I get what you guys are doing. I think because probably more than most, because I'm actually doing it also. Yeah. And, and I like what you're doing. I, I think. There's elements that I'm jealous about with the free flow conversation. It's yeah. awesome. It's the juice. Keep it going. Keep guys like Will on. Keep guys like a lot of the podcast episodes I've heard, you know, in the past. Um, I d- don't hold the number in as high value as I've heard, you know, being expressed in the past. I'm no different in that. I get very, the yeah. amount of effort that a guy puts into it. And then the return sometimes is hard to try and justify it. Yeah. But let me tell you, you guys are not, like, I love it. I really value what you guys are doing. I'm honored to have you guys on my, uh, come on to this episode with, with you guys. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I yeah. think this conversation was awesome. I feel like a rock star now just being able to get into conversation that I can't talk to just anybody about. Yeah. And I think, 
I think that's actually kind of where the value is. And I yeah. think that's probably, you guys are going to do very good and, and I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thanks for everything. Really, oh. honestly, I, I, I want that to land good. I got I got to thank you man. I really do appreciate it cuz I know that we're we're learning from you as well seeing learning to step out of our own box and and promote and push ourselves and cuz I know that that's something you do very well and I'm like okay stop stop getting in your own way cuz I feel like sometimes Devin and I we get in our own way of not pushing ourselves as like we feel like we should. So yeah, thank you so much. I really that's great praise cuz I know you've done quite a bit. Like you you've You've interviewed far more people and done so many more things. So, uh, it's uh, it's it just is what it is, man. It's yeah. not anything other than I'm a one man show, yeah. and you got to grind it out. And I, I, it's flattering to hear what you said because I don't see it on my end. I'm like, what the f- like, what is going? Sometimes I really, qu- <laughs> I'm like, man, you got <laughs> So you got to go back down to what are you doing it for? Yeah, like, where's the value? And yeah. Just let everybody else's perception kind of be their perception, yeah. man. You're doing what you do. And um, I'm getting a lot out of what you guys both are doing right now. So Well, that means a lot. Yeah. Well, anytime you want to, you have something in your craw that you can't feel like you can't get out on your own show, give us a, <laughs> give us a heads up and we'll let you, we'll let you fly at her, man. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, sure. I might take you up on that. Yeah, definitely. All right, Devin, any last words? I'm just really grateful. I love these kind of conversations and I love the fact that we can have a bit of like local collaboration and support for one another, that, that mutuality and support. Um, it's big. It, 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 at least personally, it's big. It feels like we're not alone, that yeah. there is something more happening in the North Peace than just the average day-to-day grind. And we can add something of value to society mm-hmm. and even if it's just to you know a dozen people um if it gets if if we can inspire something better than what we've got i'm really really you know pleased with that that's yeah. better than any of us deserve yeah yeah i agree um love this. That. <laughs> that was good hey do you want to do our, our closing line that we used to do because I, I remember you knew it so i did know it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I know the last part. All right, y'all. God bless. And don't be a dick.